Hello, everybody, and welcome to the season finale of season seven of Sequelizers. I am your host, as always, Jack Chambers, and joining me, also as always, it's Matt Snogden. Yo, forget your gods and immortals and all that junk. I say the only ones we can trust from here on out are Sequelizers. Nobody else. <laughs> that's that's a little bit cryptic. I like it. It's not it's yeah. not the obvious choice. I appreciate actually that, Matthew. Not a bad line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's some bad fucking dialogue and and terrible quotes you could have picked, but mm. I appreciate that. And joining us, also as always, it's Tim Matum. Too bad you will die. Oh, yes. That that was the one. I I wondered if Matt would go. Too bad you will sequelize. Which is, I I got, my backups were my, sequelizers, <laughs> or alternatively, it was going to be flawless sequelizing. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I thought of a uh, your sequel is mine. Yeah, that would be <laughs> a good one. That was that was would, my yeah. obvious one. I thought that was yeah. that, that's the line everyone fucking knows. And then the you will you will die line from the second one from Sindal oh, is. Oh my god, it's bad. <laughs> but we will get into that. We will definitely get into that because there is a hell of a lot to talk about. You're in for a bumper episode, ladies and gentlemen. We're not to tease speed anything. Two. <laughs> We're not doing speed two. We're never that's the rule. You know the rules, Matthew. No speed two. Spoiler alert, listeners. We put speed two like in multiple Series seasons two. at this point. <laughs> since like the first season, and we keep taking it out and keep recycling. Eventually we'll get there. Well, we do keep saying it's too good and then take it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Sorry, one yes. of those gems you have to save. Maybe that'll be our final episode when we finally retire. <laughs> when we're like a hundred years old, we'll just retire with speed two. Or like speed 35. By that Remember time, when people time. used to take buses together? <laughs> I do. Time to talk about Willem Dafoe and his leeches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this. Episode is in fact not about Speed 2, unfortunately, but it is something very, very special. I'm not even going to tell you what it's about before I read out some Patreon supporters, our executive producers, because these lovely gentlemen have gone to patreon.com slash sequelizers and supported us at the higher tiers to get a shout out on the show. They are officially, and they can put it on their CV if they really want to, our executive producers. You probably know some names already if you've listened to the show before. Stalwarts, staples, the pillars of our podcast, apart from the three of us, obviously. <laughs> We're they the are. Bastions. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But these people hold us a lot. Our executive producers are. Stuart Maine, Jonathan Firth Clark, Tyler Rogers, the man known as Xenos. Andy Steen and finally his pick has come around ladies and gentlemen if you're a long time listener of the show if you're active in our discord at all you're active in our community on social media you probably know the, the final man on this list Mr. Mike Salvia Flawless victory you also probably know that this is his pick he is been a long-time supporter of ours. He has been an executive producer for a very long time at the highest, highest tier on patreon.com slash sequelizers. And he's stepping down. He's stepping away because he is finally 
gotten what he wants. Since day one, <laughs> he has been emailing and tweeting at us to fix Mortal Kombat Annihilation. And Mike, <laughs> we're finally here, ladies and gentlemen. Mortal motherfucking combat. It is time to fix that 1997 classic <laughs> to the 1995 not terrible film. I mean, the first one's not terrible. Depends but it's pretty, who you speak it's, to. It's pretty, yeah. pretty bad. But before we get into actually talking about the, the films and all that kind of stuff, shall we kick things off with our origin stories? with Mortal Kombat. Maybe as a franchise and as the films, whether you saw the films first, played the sure, games first, sure. what is all that kind of stuff? Matt, I'm going to go to you first. What's your history with the MK franchise? Um, brief. Okay, good. Very brief. Uh, Tim, how about you? <laughs> uh, no. Very okay. brief. Yeah, this is going to sound really petty. Tekken. So... <laughs> <laughs> Don't you start on the bloody Tekken again. Tekken! <laughs> you and your ruddy Tekken. So, uh, effectively speaking, um, Mortal Kombat, I was so very aware of because um, when the games came out, I was in single-digit age, and it was the height of controversy. And it was like, it's the most violent, graphic, unnecessary thing, and children are playing it, despite being rated 15 or whatever the fuck it was. And obviously, if you look by contemporary standards, it's absolutely ludicrous it looks stupid it's 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 only because at the time it's the cutting edge technology and feels more ridiculously you know hyper realistic yada 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 so it was basically something i was not allowed to play which mm. of course for you know a kid means i definitely played it um, <laughs> and uh my friends had like mega drive stuff and it was very much a sega thing and and, and uh the, the archive you archive the arcade you couldn't really get to when you're that age they had they, the, the, the Turtles games and the Street Fighter stuff was more approachable because it's more cartoony. More Combat was not something you went to um, a swimming um, swim pool or a, a roller rink and you go, oh, there it is. Tekken was. <laughs> um, but More Combat was too visceral, too, too, too edgy. And then the film came out and I was like 11 years old. And then, you know, the, the kids in school with the older brothers and sisters who would have seen it somehow on video in the, in the sort of 96 when it's out on video. And. I, I was aware of it, but I didn't really care because I couldn't get at it, basically. I could see Street Fighter, the film. That was a thing. And there was all, all these things that they're, they're completely different, completely different, but they're all lumped in together, part of the conversation. And then I started playing Tekken on the uh, PlayStation. Loved it. Finally got around to playing Mortal Kombat properly, as I actually owned a copy. Didn't like it. Didn't like the game at all. I found it too... Um, too hard to do proper combo stuff. I've been really enjoying Street Fighter and Tekken things. So I never really had that fondness for Mortal Kombat until the relaunch uh, some 10 years ago. 2011 with the, Thank you. the the ninth game. Yeah. yeah. Known Ten simply as Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> 10, 11 specific where it got me back into it. Like, oh yeah, and Injustice on the same engine. That sort of thing. Same, same. But the films, I remember uh, a semi- not traumatic, but some experience where I went into a blockbuster on my own. Oh dear. I've had two or three experiences of going into blockbuster on my own in London. And I went to a Woolworths once and asked to buy a copy of something, but despite being the age appropriate age, but obviously no 12 year old has fucking ID. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I was 13 at the time, in fact. And so I, I, I walked all the way in, which took like, you know, <laughs> not like a small jaunt from my house anywhere. And it's like, you know, you walk for like 40 minutes 
And they say, oh, do you have any ID? Oh, go, I'll go get my mum. Hang on. And I walked home. <laughs> <laughs> and then she had to drive back and say, yes, my son is 13. Can you give him this copy of, and I swear to God, Waterworld. Anyway, <laughs> but the blockbuster, Waterworld. Seriously, the blockbuster I was trying to rent from was... Uh, it said, oh, Mortal Kombat 15. Couldn't buy that. Mortal Kombat Annihilation 12. Could rent that. And I went up and I said, hello. And I stood across. Now at this point, I must admit, I was 11, 11 and a half. So I wasn't old enough to watch yet. But even when I was 19... Breaking the law. Look, breaking the law. <laughs> even when I was 19, I didn't look fucking 12. So I just <laughs> slid the fuck across the counter. I mean, because I was very short when I was a child. I just it's look, weird because you're now, because of the hair... Mm. The, the the hair on your face and not on the top of your head. Oh yeah, you're now this ageless being who could be sixty. You could be thirty five. No <laughs> idea. Were no. you like incredibly young looking and then suddenly like, like you did a Patrick Stewart where like you will yes. look like this for the rest of your life now. Patrick yes. Stewart has just looked forty <laughs> until like I, very, I very recently when so. he hit like ninety five or however old he is. I, I think so. When basically when I was a kid, I looked like crossed, a right? child. I mean, I went on my, I mentioned this before, I went on my German school exchange around the same age of 13, 14 years old. And it was like, oh, who let this little boy in with all these adults? <laughs> it's like, no, we're all the same age. No, these Germans are men. <laughs> like, oh, no. But you're very tall and gangly, Bernie. No, no, I was short until I really? moved to, Yeah, until I was 15, 16 years old, I was wow. short as fuck. Point is, tried to rent Mortal Kombat Annihilation. The man loomed over the counter. I'm the man. He was probably 18. Loomed over the counter <laughs> and said, this is for 12 year olds. And I went, Oh, yes, that is and me. Turned I around, a 12 year old. Went, oh, <laughs> got to the door, turned around, looked back, went, Oh, and then <laughs> ran home <laughs> and cried. Oh, um, wow. Which is actually, weirdly enough, a good thing. Because if I'd watched Mortal Kombat Annihilation <laughs> without any context, it would have been the that worst. Thing. Seemingly large 18 year old saved you a lot of pain. <laughs> Seriously. We need to it find was, him and thank him. It was it was really because it was so quite. It was I remember it so vividly. It was empty in that shop. It was um must have been a Saturday or something, and it was just dead, absolutely dead. And there was a TV at the top, and he was watching Return of a Jedi when um uh, C three PO was being lofted around with. Are you Ewoks. in a Kevin Smith movie or something? Seriously, like that? <laughs> that's what I'm it felt like it's, I, I can see it so much so. There was a in my seemingly head. adult eighteen year old watching Return of the Jedi, and oh, you walk yeah. in and go. Oh, I'm not Turn twelve, up. and they'll walk out again, oh, like a fucking small Victorian ghost. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. So my fucking Casper. I only finally got to see Mortal Kombat the proper one, and when I was like nineteen, when I thought, oh yeah, I probably should watch this, and it's fine. I'll come back to my opinions on it later. So I have very little nostalgia for these films and the games, and very little in the way of any form of love or devotion for them. I think they're literally just like, oh, they exist. <laughs> Let me bat that back to one of you fuckers. Um, <laughs> let's, go to, let's go to Jack, because Tim's going to be writing this one, so I'm curious where he's going to go with it. But Jack, what, what's your Mortal Kombat um, l'histoire? I was big into Mortal Kombat as a kid. So, again, as, as some of the listeners already know, born in 1990, so I didn't see this film or, <laughs> the, or the first film in the cinema at all, because I would have been like four and six or whatever I would have been. <laughs> so that seems very unlikely. But I did, do remember watching this either on TV or VHS or whatever it was, like probably like five to ten years later, and absolutely loving the first film because it is just 
it feels like the video game brought to life. Am I right, guys? <laughs> they they just keep doing all the quotes. He he says flawless victory for no reason. Yeah. And like they just keep saying fatality as if that's a thing people say out loud. They just take the voice of the announcer guy and put it into the mouths of the characters because that's how <laughs> that's how fiction works. <sighs> but yeah, I really I I remember watching I again, typical with me as a youngster, I think I watched them fairly closely together. That makes sense. And they just blurred into one big blob and I couldn't remember which one was which and then I was, and then rewatching them for this show, I was like, "There is a huge difference in these things." Apart from like, <laughs> yeah. like two members of cast coming back, the rest of it is completely fucking different. Like, is that is that supposed to be Sonya? Oh my god, this is really weird. <laughs> I don't remember, you know, filter of being like twelve or thirteen or fifteen or whatever I was. I don't remember any of that shit. It was just like, there's Sonya Blade. There's another Sonya Blade. I don't remember. Mm. I remember really enjoying them it the first one i can't remember mm. and i had played the first few games like one two three um at a friend's house on a on a nintendo or a sega or whatever it was and really enjoyed them but just kind of like never really got into the fighting game thing it was never really my thing i was like oh this is cool and i kind of got into a bit of the lore it's all like the like mad other realms and all this mm. and the nether realm and the outer realm and the the realm of eden edenia all this like mad <laughs> shit and it, that's the kind of high fantasy sci-fi bullshit lore stuff that i absolutely love to this day so that connected with a young jack i then dr ignored it for like a decade and then there was a machinima series that came back it was mortal kombat legacy and that is fucking brilliant and i mm -hmm. absolutely love that show um it was like seven or eight years ago i want to say and it is like the origin story of like the characters that probably should have been the main characters in the more actual mortal kombat thing it was like sub-zero the story of sub-zero versus scorpion and this whole thing and i got so back into it that around about the same time as you said matt the 2011 game came out and i bought what is now known as mortal kombat 9 mm and have enjoyed 9, 10, 11, Injustice, Mortal Kombat versus DC, all that kind of stuff since. So kind of like with wrestling, I had like a 15-year gap where I didn't touch the fucking thing and went off and like lost my virginity and learned stuff in the outside world <laughs> and then came back to the... <laughs> came back to Mortal Kombat as a man. Exactly, so yeah. So you Michael Corleone, so you're like, just when I'm out, they pull me back they in. Me back <laughs> in. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my story with, with with Mortal Kombat as a franchise, and with like live action stuff as well. The, like mm -hmm. the video games and the the live action stuff line up very well with me. When I'm watching the live action stuff, I'm also playing the video games. And then I did neither for a while, and then I came back with both at the same time. Mm. You know, de a decade or so later. So <laughs> yeah, Tim, as as spoiler alert, as the man who is writing this pitch, <clears throat> who mm -hmm. now. I assume, I can only assume, as an encyclopedic knowledge of 25 years of lore, of course. I mean, weirdly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's, your, what's your origin story with the franchise in general? Uh, so mine is very close to your guys. Um, my primary association of the, of the Mortal Kombat game, the first one, is with a local skating rink that I used to go to when <laughs> I was, like, tween-aged. Um, and I believe they had the first one available there uh, as a as an arcade machine, along with the Simpsons game and the more expensive 
but fancier Soul Calibur machine. Mm-hmm. So we didn't play that as much because it was more expensive. Didn't didn't have it on any home consoles uh, when I was a kid. As far as the movies go, saw a, a very similar kind of saw them on VHS. Probably rented from like the local petrol station, which used to also do videos. <laughs> um, at, like during kind of sleepovers when I was sort of eleven or twelve, sort of age. Um, so they would have been fairly new around then, but but you know, um, and again. In my brain, they slightly melted together, and as a you know, eleven, twelve, thirteen year old, just kind of was like, "Yeah, it's fun. I, I like it." You know, yeah. oh look, they're fighting robots now. Um, <laughs> what and, could possibly and go did, wrong? <laughs> and then didn't really think uh, too much about it. I was aware, um, but like Matt, Tekken was kind of my fighting game of choice Tekken. growing up um, on the on the PS One, and that was around the era where the Mortal Kombat games got pretty chong um yeah. and and went away and then obviously with the with the reboot um i think i, pl- I i'm not i've definitely played through some of the reboot games but i could not tell you which ones they were i think that's fair i think it was 9 i've played i've played some injustice and some dc versus mortal kombat um i also before we'd even chosen uh, before we knew we were doing Mortal Kombat Annihilation, kind of in the early lockdown stages of of this year, around the May time, I ended up watching on YouTube all of the cutscenes from Mortal Kombat <laughs> nine through eleven. I I did that recently as well, where they're put together as like a four hour movie. I can't remember what prompted that, but for some reason I was just like, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll see what's going on with Mortal Kombat. Uh, and watch. Let's catch up with some lore, shall we? Watch, I, I let's thing. just watch twelve hours of yeah. video game cutscenes. <laughs> That's not the most lockdown sentence. I don't know what it is. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, so so I and I found that very like compelling. Actually, I think they they've done a really good job of taking like the reboot idea was 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 really well done, and I think they've done a good job of trimming out a lot of the the fat so to speak while also adding some interesting new characters yeah um so i actually like watching those i was like damn i kind of i kind of wish i had a console i could play these on um and actually experience it in the in the in the format it's meant to be enjoyed in with fights in between rather than just watching it on youtube so who knows maybe i'll get around to that eventually but but yeah quite a similar story to the to you two in terms of my engagement with both uh, the films and the franchise as a whole, and then of course rewatched Mortal Kombat and Annihilation for this, and uh, was very entertained, but probably not in the way the filmmakers intended, <laughs> especially with Annihilation. See, I haven't seen this. Is, this is a, we talked about this, but when we were doing the the prep for this season, um, social distance meeting up to must have been about Christmas time, um, exchange stuff and things at a, at a distance safely, yada yada, but. Uh, we were talking about Mortal Kombat, how it's coming up, and we were prepping for it. And I said, "Yeah, I might need to rewatch these movies." Mm. And Jack was so shocked. He's like, "Because what? That's, usually, that's not a thing you need to do." For, it's not usually to put it into perspective, folks. Like, I always rewatch the film unless I've watched it really recently, just coincidentally, like within the last year or so, and I still remember it. I will always rewatch the the at least the first film in the franchise and then the one we're fixing, say if it's a second or a third or a fourth or whatever it is. 
I will always rewatch them just so I have that kind of fresh take in my mind. Somehow, fucking photographic memory man who's seen every <laughs> fucking movie that's been out in the last 25 years. Return like, of a Jedi and an 18-year-old tell me I can't have this video. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah, I saw it in 1999. Like, Right, you're going to rewatch it? No, I remember it. Like, <laughs> fuck, ha- Matt, I don't understand Matt's brain with films. I'm, I'm getting it, it old. It takes me a little mind. longer to recall things now. Um, <laughs> so I will oh, go. It takes, it takes fucking... seven seconds instead of two seconds to be like, actually, oh yeah, that actor's name. I, yeah. I genuinely speak to my wife about this thing. Emma, I think I'm, I think I'm losing it. And she said, what do you mean? The other day I was staring off the distance and I suddenly went, Emily Mortimer. It took me like, like a minute to remember her name. It's like, Matt, people like spend days not remembering people's names. Like, yeah, but for most me, people don't know who that is, Matt. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I think I think that's my my erectile dysfunction advert where I go on TV and say, <laughs> "Have you forgotten a celebrity's an actor's name in the last like two seconds? You can't recall it immediately." I've been there, man. I get it. I get it. I'm older now. It's like, what do you mean? Well, when I'm sitting there thinking, "Oh, when did this film come out? 95, 96. Oh shit, 95, 96. It's like you would have known this, you piece of shit. It's like, yeah, Matt, my, my, my they hold up a little packet and go, IMDb may be right for you, but consult your doctor before you try it. The, the little yellow pill. <laughs> Side effects include no life. Exactly. Yeah. And um, put to put it in perspective, like I said, I rewatch the thing, and I often, especially if I'm pitching, and I know I've talked about this before, I research the fuck out of stuff. That is my kind of academic sciencey side of myself and and you know writing side of it i research the fuck when i write stuff as well always have done that is how i process this this new or like recalling pieces of information or whether i'm writing or whether we're just talking about it i will research i said i'll go and watch reviews i'll go and read reviews i will go and uh, you know understand the law and the history and the breakdowns of everything i i know a bunch about 14th century scottish law now and history <laughs> because mm-hmm. i did the braveheart prequel uh sequel and same with mortal Kombat. i remember being hugely into the law and i haven't finished 11 i played bits of 11 at a friend's house but i've never mm. actually like, played 11 through with the story mm. and stuff good lord is this law deep it and is a lot. The, to, to to spin off into the films and kind of get into the the main topic of discussion here they really fucking jump into it like they go for it and then they don't and you're like wait yeah. what yeah. there's moments where they're like really fucking commit to it like yeah there's nether realm and outworld and all this crazy shit and he's a sorcerer from the outer realm and <laughs> he's gonna destroy earth and merge the realms all this sort of stuff it's like are you going to mention that you know there's there's Edenia and this whole other thing? I said, like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> animality though, and you're like, yeah, animality. My God. What? 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 Oh, That's man. the thing you don't need to. Like, of all the, fu- are you bringing babalities into this? Will you turn your <laughs> enemy into a fucking baby? Like, what? What is the plan here? They, are you just ticking boxes from the things you saw in the video games? And the answer uh... is. Yes, yeah. that's exactly what they're doing. Because as I said, they just say catchphrases. I'm amazed that somebody doesn't say toasty in yeah. this at all. Because fucking hell, they just say flawless victory. And all, I don't like when uh, Liu Kang says it after there is not a flawless victory. A flawless yeah. victory is that you have not been hit. <laughs> yeah, it is literally flawless. If you've been like, oh, ah, oh, and you're going back and forth fighting, and then you win, it's not a flawless. And then he victory. kicks him into the spike pit, and you're like, yeah. flawless victory. I'm like, ah, I don't think it is, Incorrect, mate. Incorrect. Yeah. I don't think that is, mate. Yeah. Nice try. Um, so here's the thing. I I did rewatch the movies recently, back to back. Amazing. I also watched them back to back. Yeah. Obviously. And then I rewatched uh, One Night in Miami afterwards because I decided to watch three movies just to, just to <laughs> cleanse your just to cleanse your the palate. Yeah. One like Miami still still fantastic. So um, <laughs> Mortal Kombat. I assume it's got a lot of thematic threads with the Mortal Kombat series. Yeah, but, like you know, there's a lot of 
Malcolm yeah. X, Mortal Kombat X. It's all like Com- combating the, the the forces yeah. within and the forces without. I mean, you, I mean, you had you had Malcolm, which is obviously now known as Malcolm Nine. Then you got Malcolm X, then Malcolm <laughs> Eleven, and then Malcolm Eleven aftermath. Oh, and then they oh. reset the timeline. Yeah, Sam Cook dies, and someone shouts fatality. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I said Sam Cook specifically because I don't think there's a lot of ideas about what. At least this day, I don't people know how why, how and why Sam Cook died. Um, anyway, point is, no, <laughs> um, no. Um, so I watched Model Combat again, and as a film, and I got a lot of shit for this in series four, uh, the Gas League year, uh, when we were talking about the idea of. Who would you bring in to direct a Jurassic Park film? Oh I yeah! Initially floated the idea of Paul W. Sanderson. Everyone went, "Fuck you!" It's like nah. think about it in the nineties, and it's like basically just do the thing that you know. Because Event Horizon, I still really like, and Event Horizon is a very slick movie in my opinion. Mm. Now, obviously, it's like, well, Mortal Kombat. Right? It's like, no, Mortal Kombat has one big glaring problem in my opinion. We'll come back in a second. I'll, I'm being very facetious there because there's lots of problems, but yeah, but it's it does actually kind of honor the games quite earnestly more than fucking street fighter does and at the same time crafts a reasonable story to follow you can tell what the fuck is going on and the amount of practical effects and the production design and the costumes being lords it's really fucking good there's a lot of problems obviously but so i I end up thinking like this is i wouldn't say it's a good film at all i can see why it's entertaining Mm. film i can wind it's cult film then i watched the sequel and thought God, I forgot how terrible this is. This is so <laughs> awful. It's everything you'd fear a Mortal Kombat film would yep. be. Yeah. yeah. It takes everything from the first one and just turns it worse. Yeah, I think I think the thing is is that when you're grading on a curve of video game movies, yeah. like Mortal Kombat stands out as until recently probably one of the best, if not the best. Video a lot game of people movies. say it is still the best. And um, those people probably successful. haven't seen Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> yeah because because again up until recently there there were no good video game adaptations and tim's um, not exaggerating folks in yeah. case you're not aware it is notoriously bad just every fucking video game movie is terrible not just bad but like really bad the last fucking three super mario years, bros for example we've seen some actual turns of like Assassin's Creed and Tomb Raider were like, this is actually, there's something here. There's Don't something... push your luck with Assassin's Creed. You're right. <laughs> so you sneak that in no, there, no, no, you no, cheeky right. little fucker. Assassin's Creed is is a good film, you're right. But that's... <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, with, with guys like, back. like Detective Pikachu and, and Sonic, you're getting, actually now getting there finally, getting yeah. this sort of... But the, yeah. the key point here is Mortal Kombat might come full circle because the new Mortal Kombat film looks fucking good. And they're working, yeah. yeah. It's weird timing, isn't it? The Literally the trailer, like the teaser trailer came out for the this year's, in theory, if, mm. if you know everything goes well, to plan, it's, right now, yeah. it's supposed to be coming out on HBO Max and all that kind of stuff, yeah. as is the Warner Brothers tradition now, it seems, <laughs> in, in COVID times. We're actually going to get a new Mortal Kombat film mm. with a totally new cast and actually good effects. A, a, and a really strong cast as well. Yeah, like yeah an amazing really cast. In... All I needed to hear was Hiroyuki Sonata was in it. Didn't, know, didn't yeah. care who he was playing. Yes! But yeah. I fucking love that man, so oh. And and it seems to be, like I mentioned earlier, the Mortal Kombat legacy stuff, like it seems to be more focused on the Sub Zero Scorpion ninja clan origin stuff and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Which is strong in ten. Which is way more interesting and dynamic, especially as a foundation to like build the world upon. Yes. Because like, the weird thing, 
I can't remember if uh, I know I rewatched the films recently, but I can't remember if they mentioned this. It's with the gamers for some reason, you have to win ten tournaments in a row, mm-hmm. and then your realm takes over the other realm or whatever. So like the outer realm, which is the the bad guys for want a better mm-hmm. phrase, is all the evil sorcerers and wizards and Hello, demons Lord. and shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Want to take over Earth Realm, which for all intents and purposes is our Earth, but mm. a bit weird. But with with extra ninjas, with extra in, ninjas and cyborgs yeah. and stuff, and they have to beat them ten times in a row by some like elder god tradition thing, mm-hmm. and then you're allowed to like officially take them over because you've defeated them for like ten generations in a row. Do they mention that in the films? I feel like it's they just do. What... they they establish they do. that in the in the first film. Yes. Yeah, um, is the, the is the tenth one right? Yes, that, because it's, that's it's... the story of Mortal Kombat One, the game. Yes, is that this it's, is the tenth this tournament? Is, this is the Earth's final chance. chance. From... Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Yes, and it's been Goro who's been winning all of them basically. Oh, of course, yes, yes, yes. Which um, makes the complete champion, sense in terms of like old, even old. Um... <sighs> Sounds a silly, stupid fucking sense, but I'm going to fucking say it. Human folklore, as opposed to <laughs> ethereal, otherworldly folklore. Yeah. The point is that, yes, classic, classic tales of folklore is always like, you know, it, what, what's going to be a, uh, you know, a tournament of strength and combat and wit and mm. guile, yada, yada, yada. Mm. Um, and it's like, okay. And it's like, yes. And of course, you know, if we obviously we have more learned understanding and now we have other wonderful tiles of combat that don't make sense like elections and um, <laughs> and it's like put put the old ones in um, but at the same time it's makes complete sense that if you didn't have that evolution of understanding and you just had the classic old celtic norse mythology of it, well obviously we just bash each other in the face and the one who does it 10 times in a row wins and you get to just conquer the land it's like that it's stupid as it sounds because obviously any any law from a game from the 90s and 80s is very much described in a paragraph and yes. that's about it. It was a bit of scrolling text that went by when you weren't when the game wasn't being played in the arcade and then it would go into demo mode and then it would exactly. loop around and do it again. Yeah. And most people don't know or care about it. It's only when you get into the most recent era of games the last 20 years where you're like story is fucking key. So mm. you end up having to craft the stuff. But that's a really that taps into something very archaic and in, in, in an almost positive way of human storytelling and human society. It's something we can actually understand. And because mm. that's in a movie and you're like yeah, I get it. Why are they fighting? There's a tournament. Why? To save the fucking Earth. <laughs> That's the most recent fucking Dragon Ball fucking uh, yeah. franchise yeah. story arc. Um, Dragon Ball Super. And it which just. I, it's... Which I referenced in my TNMT, which was. Precisely. T- tournament to save the Earth kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And that it makes complete sense. Um, also, flashback to previous episode with Queen of the Damned. Law can kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to do anything with law is a real bastard because you want to, especially with a video game movie. Because it's like, we need to do a story that works. You can't do the exact same thing because you'll get, like with Assassin's Creed, you'll get, I don't like this element. It's like, yeah, that's the problem with the games. People don't like the modern day stuff. It's like, but we have to inherit it because it's part of the fucking games. And it's like, yeah. well, we're bringing all, and then again with fighting games, it's always, here's 90 characters. And you're like, are any of them developed? Yeah, about three of them. And equally, <laughs> it's the sense of like, what, what, what kills a superhero film? Three villains. It's like, well, how many villains do you have in this movie? Nineteen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the the list of characters. Like, I recently again, like I said, I took a deep dive here, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. I watched a video. I believe it's from Wired of Ed Boon, one of the co-creator of Mortal Kombat. Yeah, mm-hmm. going explaining each character that is in Mortal Kombat Eleven, their history in the franchise, the inspiration for that character, 
what they've done so far and if they're new and how they play in the game in like a 40 minute video on YouTube <laughs> of him just going like, so this is this is uh, Cyborg X55. He's a new character. He's not like Cyborg 63. Uh, is, he's different because reasons. This is and Chameleon with a K as opposed to Chameleon with a C. Both everything has a K characters. now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, it, it was it was fascinating to see that like breakdown of oh yeah we're introducing this new character and this character hasn't been around since Mortal Kombat four because they huh? died and were sent to hell yep. <laughs> and then they fought their way out of hell and now they're back and they were actually the champion of the tournament in hell if you <laughs> if you played and got the final ending of Mortal Kombat six you saw him <laughs> win the tournament of hell come back and then now he's back on mm -hmm. the on the side of the good because he's redeemed himself through a tournament in hell and I'm like. <laughs> Okay, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. And see, that's the thing, because in video games, when you have Mortal Kombat 11 and Tekken 7 and Street Fighter 5, it's, well, it's, it's five numbered, but there's like seven <laughs> titles, or whatever the fuck it is. But the point is like... Turbo, Alpha, Cross, Gen, exactly. 65. <laughs> if you have something like um, a roster of 40 characters and you go like, oh, I've just bought Tekken 7, it's fucking great. Oh, I can't wait to play as Lee Wulong, he's one of my favourite characters. He's not in it. He's a DLC character. You're like, what yeah. the fuck are you talking about? I've bought this game. Where's all the characters? Smash Brothers does the same thing. It's the same with films. Do you retain the current roster of like nine? Again, nine people is a huge cast on some cast. Do you add to that? Do you build it? Do you take it down? Do you make it more of a personal story? It's very, very difficult. Um, and, and at the end of the day, it's always a classic thing when it, the, the roll of the dice. In this next expansion, in this next installment, is my favorite character going to be in there? And with a video <laughs> game movie, going back to fucking Super Mario Brothers, anything like that, the early days especially, is my favorite character going to be in there? Well, no, because they aren't out at the time we started filming it. No, our story starts at the beginning. It's like, why? In the same thing that, <laughs> it's like, you know, oh, you know, is, is my, is this character here yet? It's like, no. I like, for example, Kotal Khan. He's a fucking cool idea of a character mm. in the Mortal Kombat series. I don't think he can be in Tim's pitch unless he casts it films as like, you know, a couple of years ago, because he's a very recent installment, if I remember correctly. So it's mm. just like Yeah. Ah. You you run into that a lot and what to to kind of get onto Mortal Kombat Annihilation specifically. Yes. They tried to tie it in and they were basically, for want of a phrase, forced to be like we need promotion for our fucking video game. Yeah. Make a film. And we're like, well, we we don't we don't want to make a film. I mean, the first one was it did fine, but Anderson's fucked off. He's he's off doing Event Horizon mm. or whatever he's doing. Like, yeah, yeah um, he do, does event. He, did, it, he it's, it's in the same year, isn't it? Like ninety-seven. Yeah, exactly. Sniffing around Resident like, Evil. <laughs> okay, uh, have have you talked to old uh, Christoph Lambert recently? Like, no, I think he's off doing something else as well. Being crazy. Oh yeah, okay. And then it's like, well, just just do something. We'll chuck like 40, 30 million dollars, forty million dollars. Go make a movie to promote our thing. And they end up trying to do the stories, if I remember correctly, of three and four, yeah. which is the whole merging of the realms and the arrival of Shao Kahn and it's a lot. him him like mm. breaking the rules of Mortal Kombat by invading the Earth before he's allowed to, according to the Elder God rules of the ancient rituals of the tournament and all this bollocks. And that's like the ending of three happens and then he invades Earth in four or something like that. I know there's some MK nerds that are going to question me out there, but very <laughs> roughly, they tried to do two games worth of story in one, what, 90 minute film. Mm. And 
It's too much. It's it's way too fucking much. There's all this shit, and not only do you have all the kind of like baggage from the first one of all these other characters. I mean, you have kind of like what format? You have Raiden, Liu Kang, Sonya, and Katana. Katana, I guess. Yeah, and Johnny Cage. And Johnny Cage. Cage. So like five five main characters. Again, that's a lot of main characters. They're, They're the ones who are fighting off, facing off at the end. Climax, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like they're your leads, and then like, hey, uh, so we've now it's, we're now up to Mortal Kombat four, and there's like seventy five characters in this game. <laughs> so you have, first of all, here's an army of ninjas that just appear and disappear arbitrarily. <laughs> Come to me, my army. You will destroy the earth, and then they're never mentioned or heard from again. <laughs> and then it's just random like monsters and stuff. And I mentioned animalities. They were like expanding the mechanics of the game, so it's not just fatalities yeah. where you have these cool finishing moves. And like, can you hear that siren in the background? No, no. Okay, good. There's all these like crazy finishing moves, and that was kind of what the series was known for, all this mm. gore and violence and epic fatalities and stuff. And they were like, you can transform into animals now. And he's like, cool. That's Bloody Raw's thing. Put yeah. that in the film. <laughs> and like, why are you putting... Oh, oh, you're getting the guy from Indian in the cupboard to uh, to make him go on a... St- <laughs> that is- and Lightfoot is literally... I'm not being yeah, racist or facetious. Yeah, no, he, he is. is literally... He is literally in that yeah. movie. Yeah. Nightwolf... AK played by Lightfoot is like, oh yeah, you need to go on a spiritual journey. That's just my animality, <laughs> and that's and that's the explanation you get. Yep, that's it. We're and done. Like, here. Oh yeah, cool. That makes sense. He's in the snow. Wait, what, why is he in the snow? He was on it. What? What the fuck is going on? And they try and tie all of this video game mechanics for some reason and lore into this madness with a soddle fucking budget. Well. A reasonably big budget comparatively. Double the yeah. budget of the first Mortal Kombat. Double, Double the budget, budget the first, yeah. looks three times as bad. <laughs> three yep. times, ten times worse. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I yeah, this film is bad on different levels than we usually talk about. We've had some boring films. We've had some weird films, films that don't make sense as sequels. Queen of the Dam doesn't make any sense as a sequel to Interview with the Vampire. Robert the Bruce was incredibly boring. This is just, this is classic bad sequel madness. If you, if you told me this was a fan film made for $5,000, I'd be like, that's fucking amazing. Well done. That's really cool. If it had like 10,000 times less budget, you'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the stories behind the, the films is kind of fascinating because, um, and I forget his name, Jack will probably uh, either look it up or remember it, but there was a, there was basically, there was a, a Hollywood producer who saw... Mortal Kombat being are you, are made. Are talking about Larry Kasanov? Yes, there we yes. go. <laughs> so he he got a tour of the studios when it back when it was being made and was like, holy shit, this is the future of entertainment. <laughs> I, I, I want to buy up the rights for it. Yep. And the the game studio were like, yeah, fuck yeah, like we'll sell you the movie Money. rights or whatever and the TV rights. And he basically, he wanted to do, he was kind of a visionary or he was on a lot of cocaine. I'd um, say both. Possibly both. both. Why they're not, not both? They're not, yeah, they're not mutually exclu- exclusive. Cue um, the, uh, the, the Road to Eldorado. Is it Road to Eldorado? Road to Eldorado. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, he wanted to do this big like cross-media 
universe, but not but not necessarily connected. But he wanted there to be he wanted movies, he wanted cartoons, he wanted live action series, all at the same time. He basically yeah. tried to do what the Animatrix was, yeah. where yes. they had the Matrix, you had the Matrix sequels, you had the Animatrix, you had Enter the Matrix, the video game, yeah. which is canon and important, and the story of that game makes mm. the sequels better because you learn more about yeah. the ghost and all that yeah. kind of bullshit. Same, same with the comics. Same with the comics, yeah. exactly. And having this multimedia thing, as you said, Tim, is kind of like really innovative I mean, and pioneering what, and stuff. Kind of what the MCU In the mid nineties, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every fucking company does this now. You you have a tie-in video game, you have oh. a prequel comic, you have an animated show that is like not canon, but like you've got some of the the voice actors are basically doing impressions of the live action mm-hmm, actors. So mm-hmm. it's this. You, your kids can recognize it, so that's fine. You, you can do what if stories through it. So like, you, can canon, what if you can do stories. what if stories. You can spin off and do this yeah, stuff. Yeah. Oh, there's a streaming version of it that's like, I mean, it's not canon, but there's like, so that when you've got the big stuff happening on the big screen, we're going to create like a TV series that is like the smaller characters that like have to deal with the, the, the reactions of the bigger characters and the bigger superhero mm. stuff. It's like, that's a brilliant idea. Mm. That's what every fucker is doing in the last mm. five years. As you said, Tim. MCU and Disney and Star Wars and all that kind of stuff is the Star perfect Trek. example. Lower Decks. Star Trek as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. What a brilliant fucking idea 25 years ago. Yeah. Amazing idea. And and the thing is, is it kind of worked to start with because Mortal Kombat, the, the, the first film, was a huge success. It was. It was amazing yeah. success. Like, financially, it made a load of money. And as we said, like, it's a pretty decent film. Like, the special effects are actually kind of hold up because you have this like stop motion goro kind of he's, stop- he's animatronic as well yeah an- animatronic it, and still looks really good because it's a physical thing there i still mm. think like some of the sub-zero like ice effects look pretty I agree. good they still uh, him summoning the ice yeah, yeah. still looks good I still- hate the I hate the scorpion thing. I think the the scorpion scorpion hand bullshit fucking terrible. Dumb. <laughs> and reptile is an abomination. Oh yeah, Reptiles reptile are tested awful. so badly they had to I think reshoot the fight scene. Correct. Yes. So that they could actually have a proper like, oh a guy in a green suit. Now I yeah. understand. I yeah. liked reptiles because I wanted to be an edgy guy who wasn't going to play a scorpion and and obviously yeah. you want to play the like, cool oh guy. a green one. I'll have yeah. melt people's faces with his acid mouth like yeah. yeah. But the whole... uh, I mean, to put it into perspective, everything in Annihilation looks worse than Reptile. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like, Reptile is the bottom fucking rung of that first movie. Like, Mm. everything looks pretty decent. You've got a common... As we said, bring in practical effects, bring in CGI, and they basically use the CGI on Goro, for example. So it is a human performer with, like, the upper torso attached on top of his upper torso. So Mm. the bottom arms are a real man's arms, Mm. and he's got, like, the other arms and then Goro's like torso on top yeah. of him. It's like three kids on each other's shoulders. It, it really <laughs> is, yeah. For, for, sneaking but, into a movie. But a giant animatronic puppet. For my, and for then Mad his, his eyes and his all stuff is like flailing and stuff and that all works. And then they CGI his mouth to be in, in time with the dialogue. Mm. Mm. And it works because it, it's a brilliant combination of like three or four different types of effects all at once. And they were like, you know what? For the sequel... How about we do no practical effects whatsoever <laughs> and everything is just arbitrary CGI? To, to get into maybe my least favourite moment in the film, the bit where Jax, if you can call him that, and Sonya Blade, if you can, if you can call her that. In Annihilation, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Where they're fighting, they're like, they have this big fight and she gets covered in mud and he's like, hey, oh, you look God. pretty good covered in mud. Oh. And, and then in the next scene, she's not covered in any mud whatsoever, <laughs> even despite being in the white tank top clearly to be covered in mud. And then she's like, Jack! She said, and he's I like, what? I've got to find a lake. 
I can't help it. Because um, I'm a man in the 90s. <laughs> that's how it works. And then they fight a dragon yeah. monster that comes out of a rock for no reason. Jax yeah. just punches it twice and then it disappears. I'm like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. Is that supposed to be something from Mortal Kombat? Did you just have an extra fucking asset that you yeah. made for the final <laughs> shitty, like, looks worse than the 1950s Godzilla movie battle thing? Where you basically <laughs> get, like, dragon monster versus Ghidorah, Hydra monster? That is hmm. maybe the worst fight scene I've ever seen in my entire fucking life. <laughs> and like, oh, we made another monster that was just like a big mouth, basically, with legs. So we're just going to put that in the scene and then Jax is just going to go and just punch the air and then it disappears for no reason. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, tattoos fly off people in little CGI oh, yes. dragons. What the fuck the is any of this stuff? Clip. The, the, the same yes. CGI clip every time. It's literally time. the same footage, yeah. It's the classic. It's cycled over and over. We've done this once. Now we will just, as soon as people quote unquote die, Copy. because... Paste. Because they don't <laughs> die. It's when they get defeated in combat, even though specifically they say dying. But Shao Kahn yeah. just gets kicked a few times and then his <laughs> dragon flies away. So, I mean, it's the cardinal sin of a film, let alone a sequel that we've talked about, where it just breaks its own rules and its own canon that it's already established. Like, oh, yeah. this is the established canon and blah, blah, blah in story. And then two minutes later, Something happens that makes no sense and has no context and completely breaks those rules. You're like, you either take that out of the fucking dialogue or don't do the thing that breaks the rules. You can't have both. If you have a little intro thing of like, oh, this is the story and this is the world of Mortal Kombat and the dragon things only fly away when people die. I'm like, well, two of them don't die, but the dragon things still fly away. So... <laughs> And one of them is a robot? So how does that work? Yeah. How so, does a robot get a tattoo? How does a robot get a tattoo <laughs> and die? Because, yeah, fucking hell. This, oh, God. The CGI <laughs> is just the worst. And it the CGI makes the story worse somehow. Good Lord. Cinematography terrible. Terrible CGI plus terrible cinematography plus terrible acting plus terrible script. Mm. And you're like, this we is and, and yet there are still standout moments of abysmal shit. Yes. Yeah. I mean, so so to go back um to and I've already forgotten his name, Larry Larry Kasanoff. Kasanoff. Um so the problem was with what one of the problems with Annihilation is that he was kind of <laughs> obsessed with striking while the iron is hot. Yes. And so he was like, yeah. No, we've got to get a sequel out there as soon as possible. Because it came along only two years after Mortal Kombat. And that was very 80s and 90s to do that. It was like, yeah. we always talk about like, oh, we'll probably do a sequel 10 years time. It's like, you're going to have a hard time convincing people not to go right fucking now. Yeah. So, yeah. But it meant that couldn't get Paul W.S. Anderson back because he was working on Event Horizon. Couldn't yep. get Christopher Lambert back as Raiden. Couldn't get the majority of the cast wouldn't either didn't want to come back or couldn't come back. Um, I mean, it's it's literally... It, Talisa Soto playing Katana yep. and Robin Chow playing Liu Kang. Liu right? Kang, yeah, that's it. That's, there's two that's returning it. cast members. I want to say there's also a, a, a stunt double dude who plays Reptile coming back to play Sub-Zero this time. That's, that, yeah, that, that is, but not yeah, returning is, in the same correct. way, but yes. Yeah. He, he, he is the new Sub-Zero who's the brother of the old Sub-Zero yes. and all that yes. whole thing. Yeah. And so, and the, so which, which also means they were rushing the special effects um and the script and everything um and they literally they the director of mortal kombat annihilation was the director of photography for mortal kombat yeah. because the uh, larry was basically like else. larry was like well everyone did so well 
I'll give everyone a promotion. Everyone will just move up a rung. Like, we works. haven't got a director. Congratulations, you were the DP. <laughs> now you're the director. You've never directed yeah, that's how that before. It's basically the same job. You'll be fine. Have you seen Wally Fister's movie? Wally Fister did a lot of, has done a lot of really good Nolan films, has a very distinct look for the early Nolan films, like Inception and, and uh, the legendary cinematographer. Yeah. He directed Transcendence, I want to say, mm-hmm. with um, yep. Johnny mm-hmm. Depp. Not a good film. Nope. Yeah. In fact, a very bad film. <laughs> Terrible film. And he's not even um, DP on it, so. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's a complete misunderstanding of how films work to just be like, oh, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, everything about Annihilation feels rushed. And it it feels like they shot a bunch of fight scenes and then were like, we'll string them together later. And then they don't really string them together. There's Mm. there's a... It doesn't feel like that, Tim. That is exactly what happened. <laughs> that is, according to, a, a, yeah. like, a, like I said, I watched a mini documentary basically about this, talking about Larry Kasnoff mm. and stuff. That is exactly what they did. They filmed most of the fight scenes first and thought, well, that's what everyone liked from the first one, right? Just loads of fighting. Yeah. So we get dudes to just kick the air, like in Blade, just kick the air for no reason and mm. just block kicks for like five minutes. And that's a fight scene. Which that's, in their defense is how they do the video games. <laughs> well, it's it's... It's but you play the fights, Matt. It's different. Yeah. Oh, I'm not defending. I'm just saying that's that's <laughs> how the logic would be like, we'll do that. The thing is, is that they introduce a bunch of characters from... Uh, so Mortal Kombat 2, the game, is basically just a retread of Mortal Kombat 1. It just yes. introduces a whole bunch of new characters. So some of which showed up in the first Mortal Kombat film because 2 was already in production. The, the second game was already in production while Mortal Kombat, the film, was also yes. in production. When it comes to Annihilation, they're mostly using the plot from 3, but they also bring in, I think, maybe some characters from 4. I have a big list slightly just beyond where I can read it of <laughs> when I, I, the amount of notes I made for this. And like, I have, I, I finally managed to close my browser window that had about 18 different tabs of <laughs> Mortal Kombat wiki open. That, um, that's what my screen looks like, right? I have a yeah. second screen that that's what that looks like. So yeah, <laughs> um, 4, four so came yeah. out in 97, so it is around about the same sort of time. Yeah. But they'd already done a spin-off with Sub-Zero, mm. as well as the first three games, and the ultimate yes. version of 3, which also introduced more which characters. Which also introduced well. more characters, yeah. So basically they had this huge roster of characters, but they and they wanted to include them and do fights with them, but they never bother putting any context to who the fuck they are it's just fights and so yeah there's no emotional weight to any of the combat it just feels it feels like you know it feels very much like a bad episode of power rangers yeah, especially yeah, yeah. when the robots show up yeah i saw a, um, I saw a lot of com- like comparisons on in youtube to Oh yeah, it's just a bunch of like nameless villains, and they all just explode with sparks for no reason and go. Ah! Yeah, and do, like, the, the, the Tokusatsu bollocks. kind of style of TV, uh, which is your 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 Kamen Rider and your Power Rangers and Super Sentai and all that sort of Super stuff. Super Sentai stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it it's a, it's a distinct style of television from the seventies onwards, and it has its own merit, has its own place. But it is television, even when it's made into films. It's very, it's self aware and it's for kids, and it knows what it is. You know, like Spider Man is kind of part of it as well. Mm. A very and, and and the difference is Mortal Kombat takes itself very very seriously and it pitches at it's for adults it's a serious it really thing. does yeah and the first one kind of mostly gets away with that silly silly bullshit because basically because Johnny Cage is a thing um, but ultimately gets away with it um, mm. the second one in every sense of the word feels like a just get it done 
Just get yeah. fucking done. Speaking of like the the humor from the first one, the thing I remember being like, this is the coolest thing in the world when I was a kid mm. is Johnny Cage doing the splits and doing the Punched cock it. punch yeah, yeah, of to Goro and Goro doing the Ooh! Yeah. <laughs> I crossed I punch in the balls thing. Like, he's the champion of nine tournaments. He's the ultimate banner. Ah, I punched him in the dick. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then push like, off a oh, Johnny Cage is so cool. He's like the funny character. He's got all the like he's got like the cool kick and stuff. Mm. And yeah. Oh, he's dead. Yes, Th- this dies is a thing. This instantly, is a thing. basically, within, in Annihilation. Like, it blew my mind. <laughs> yeah, com- uh, yeah, obviously, everybody who, who, who is fucking did, recast. He did look a lot like the other guy, to be he's, fair. He's fine. Yeah, he's fine. Because he's in it for like 40 seconds. Yeah, true. Yeah. But I, I forgot how fast moving the first, like, three minutes... And it feels like <laughs> half an hour's worth of story happens in the first three minutes of fucking Annihilation. Yeah. Because I couldn't, I was watching it and I had like, I'm um, watching it through a streaming service, obviously, and I got my little like timeline box. I'm like, I'm yeah. sat there and I'm like, God, this is a lot. Like Shao Kahn's already away. Johnny's dead. Raiden's like gone off and done his thing and then like spoken to the Elder Gods and all this fucking bollocks and blah, blah, blah. It's like, how? Three minutes, 45 seconds. I'm like, <laughs> including. And I, and I had this exact reaction, the exact same intro as the first film with the dragon crest oh my God, flames yeah. and dun, 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 I was like, did I press play on Mortal Kombat instead of Mortal Kombat Annihilation? Like, did it? Is this the, is this, and then the word Annihilation comes up in terrible CGI. I'm like, ah, there we go. Yeah. And then it, it does not let up. It does not like, oh, by the way, here's all the stuff like, let me explain who all these characters are. It's like, no, we're diving straight in. Like, this is two minutes in and you know everything you need to know about Shao Kahn and all this bollocks. And it's like, and do we, though? Do we need any of this? And there's so many inexplicable sequences where you're like, this is a time where you could be doing either exposition or, like, <laughs> emotional work. But yes. it's like, no, we're going to load our cast into these weird, like, fucking pinballs oh, balls. to oh. send them shooting through the earth. Or, or like the, the, the CGI dragon scene that you mentioned. Yeah. It's like, the CGI it's, a, dragon's it's a fight for absolutely no reason. So, both of those scenes apparently exist to give some, they say, romance to the film. I say, uncomfortable sexual tension. Yes, because, yes. Hold on to me real close. Because, mm. yeah, the, the Luke and Katana thing is obviously just like, well, now you need to hold on to me because giant spinny balls. Yeah. <laughs> That was supposed to be in the first film, but it was cut because they were saying, was, no, no, more, yeah. for the, more for the time of the fighting. Mm. Um, but it's, it's worth mentioning because of the Johnny Cage death stuff, which does, I think, changes the tone of this movie entirely. Especially because you bring in Jax as an alternative in a weird way, because he's, he's, he's another one of these sort of like oh, surrog- audience surrogates who doesn't know what's going on. The thing is, nobody explains anything to Jax ever. Yeah. <laughs> and, either, and then... Literally, like ten minutes later, he's punching a big dragon monster <laughs> in a desert and just going robot and fighting off a literal robot with a tattoo. Yeah, who is a robot assassin from another dimension that they oh. never mention. And 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 Sonya's just like, yeah, well, you know, robots. And he's like, yeah, you know, yeah, I guess so. I've, yeah. I've got cybernetic yeah. limbs now. But Except is, he hasn't. No. He's just wearing fucking sleeves. Yes, the yeah. whole point is that he's injured and the only like. To carry on being this badass, like, cop superhero type bloke, which he was before, 
he gets these cybernetic arms and he's like, oh no, and I feel like less of a human, but I need to live, learn to live with these, my, yeah. not, not to coin the phrase new normal as we know in these COVID world, but like, <laughs> he has to live with his new normal and he has to understand that that doesn't make him any less of a person. And that's, and his, says, that's nah. his emotional journey. <laughs> yeah. And then Raiden goes, it does make you less of a person. Take those things off. Yes. He's like, wait, what? Great, take great what, message take for off. anyone who needs like assistive technology. Exactly. Yeah. You don't take, need that wheelchair. You you're that. less of a person because you're sat in a wheelchair. Get up just out of that wheelchair just, and do just some get... backflips. Exactly. <laughs> just stand up out of your wheelchair. He's like a fucking like, evangelical healing preacher. Like, yeah. Stand up out of the I thing. Actually, uh, I hate Raiden, so I think that all Raiden is actually kind of makes sense. Uh, we was, need to oh, Raiden's a dick. We need to touch on James, James Remar's Raiden. Oh, we absolutely oh. do. Because... Cut my hair. Yeah, like, <laughs> what is with the fucking inexplicable <laughs> costume change? Did 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 James Remar just get sick of wearing a wig? Apparently so. Yes, I came back that is and I'm mortal now, and I'm like, hey, I'm all cool. I was like, I'm wearing a waistcoat. They, they wanted to distinguish him from Christopher Lambert, so they and he Which was been not ki- easier if you hadn't shown me in the first two seconds of this thing a flashback to the first film with long-haired fucking Sonya Blade and other Raiders. Like, oh look, exactly. the other actors. How about you don't flash back to the other actors? <laughs> you can just have a voiceover explain the things without fucking flashing back. And then it picks off like like a second after the first film ends because yeah. you get the voiceover from uh what is it they call him like the emperor of the odd world or something yeah. like mm. that. Shao Kahn and but not Shao Kahn name, gets not gets the voiceover at the end where it's yeah. like I'm coming that. for you earth or whatever. We, we won the fight. That basically won the fight. Yeah, fuck the rules. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I, I mean, that's the whole point of Shao Kahn. And then they get into this whole Elder God business, and you're like, mm. wait, wait, what? Yeah, hold on, is this try- a thing? Because clearly trying to set up a third film. We- they they did. It was Mortal Kombat yeah, Devastation was the yeah, plan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and Kasanov was w- tried to work on it and tried mm. to make it. Yeah. They told him to fuck off. This film was too much of a trash ball. Yeah, yeah, um, and. The whole thing with Shao Kahn is that he breaks the rules of the Elder Gods thing. And mm. I mentioned before, like Raiden, I think, again, don't quote me on this. There's a version where Raiden and Liu Kang have to like fuse together. And they're, he, no, Ra- Ra- Raiden is given the Elder God power, which is his like golden dragons. Yes. And he's able to reset the timeline and finally beat Shao Kahn and all uh, this kind of stuff. Uh. That's that's the, the very, very vague gist of it uh. from what I remember. But the whole thing of him breaking the rules is kind of negated by the fact that Shinnok is there, who is never fucking introduced properly. <clears throat> no. He's just there because he's the character in Mortal Kombat 4, who also mm. debuted as the bad guy in the Sub-Zero spin-off the year before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who is also sort of an elder god, but they never really address him as that. And he's kind of like, I don't know, I'm going deep in some lore. He's basically the Quan Chi of this thing, <laughs> where he's just kind of a yeah. sorcerer yeah. character. Mm. And you're like, but how he's powerful. How powerful are you? He's also Raiden and Shao Kahn's dad because they decide to make Raiden and Shao Kahn brothers in this. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh he's- yes, my brother. And and speaking of how bad James Rimor is, can we please talk about how bad Brian Thompson is <laughs> as Shao Kahn? Because I'm always amazed he's from fucking like Wisconsin or wherever the fuck he's from. Fuck, fuck me. That might be the hammiest. Most bullshit performance we've had in the history of this show. Ooh, I don't know. Well, I mean, he's got some rivals in the same film. uh, That's very true. Sindel is also she's remarkable. You die. It's pretty bad. (laughs) But the fact that so the whole point of the X Files around the same sort of time. Yeah, the whole point of Shao Kahn is that he's huge. He's this towering 
like mm. Sauron style, ten foot tall, yeah. absolute beast monster fighter dude Goro. that can just that can just murder. He's Goro, but even bigger. Exactly has this giant fucking hammer these huge shoulder pads and this terrifying like skull mask thing as he's like this conquering warlord that destroys planets and literally single-handedly wipes out armies and stuff. So what do they do? He takes his mask off and does 90% of the exposition. You're like, yes. Why are you letting this guy talk? He should be the big fucking scary guy. He should never take that mask off. It's like fucking Judge Dredd Dredd. with Stallone taking off the fucking mask. It was the 90s. You ruin all the cool, interesting things about that character being a badass and being terrifying, Mm -hmm. but having him just look like a big fucking Billy Crystal motherfucker just (laughs) hanging out being like, oh, hello, I'm the big scary man now. Like, are you though? You just look like a bloke. He just looks looks like the head bouncer at the shittiest nightclub in town. Yeah. And I, I think Brian Thompson is pretty tall. He is pretty mm. big because, as you said, he's he's done TV appearances and yeah. stuff where he's... He looks he plays like on TV appearances because they have directors in what the fuck are they doing? Because yeah. they shot him from the correct fucking angles. Yeah. And then you see him stood next to James Remar and you're like, oh, they're the same size. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're probably both about six foot tall, give or take, sure. <laughs> There's like probably a few inches between them. Mm. Maybe shoot the big terrifying warlord guy so that he looks big. Use... Force perspective. Just stand him on a box. Make him like he could stand at the top of the stairs and on like they fight on the stairs for no reason at the end of the film. <laughs> Have him be on the stairs above <laughs> him and then do this thing. And then uh, going back to the animality thing, he just turns into a dragon with the oh, worst CGI oh, you've ever seen. Oh, like, into this weird like Hydra dragon thing. Mm-hmm. And then Luke Kang's like, "Well, I've got a dragon." And, and they- you think like. <laughs> Well, obviously, Luke Kang has gone through this spiritual journey. I'm giving it too much credit, but that's what the film yeah. is trying his, to his do. His three tests, of which we it, see one and a half. <laughs> <laughs> that is, you nailed it, Tim. Yeah. yeah, He's supposed to go through these three tests and do this whole thing, and he's gone on this journey. And then you're like, oh, wow. That's how the only way you can beat this big towering warlord guy is becoming a literal dragon thing. For seven and, seconds. <laughs> And also the dragon thing is supposed to kind of look like a Chinese dragon because Liu Kang's Chinese. <laughs> so in in the games, he, he does this like flying kick punch thing and kind of like Dragon Ball, he transforms into a big like golden dragon and like consumes his opponents and mm. stuff. Totally makes sense. Imagine like, oh, I need, I need to muster this, almost mm. like a spirit ball. I know I'm referencing Dragon Ball a lot, <laughs> but sue me. He channels all this energy into one punch mm. and he transforms into the dragon and all this mm. kind of stuff. And it's, then, like, it's the dragon from the logo. Yeah. It is. It's yeah. lit. That's literally it. And then they're like, nah, just make it like a big, like, PS1 Godzilla monster with wings. <laughs> like, and, the, and then they fall off the pyramid and turn back exactly. without you seeing the transformation because they uh, blew all their budget on. And then Shao Kahn's yeah. dead. Yeah. Like, Why is he dead? We didn't see anything. They basically just went like eh 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 and did like high school slappies. like nerd fighting <laughs> against each other, little slappies in some of the worst effects you've ever seen in history. It is abysmal. And then Shao Kahn just dies, and you're like, "Well, why is he a dragon? Did he go through a separate spiritual journey that we also didn't see? Has he always been able to do this?" 
Can he just do that at will? The transformation the itself is, is going quite, on? quite amazing. Oh, oh, the, no. yeah. <laughs> the, the, the face stretch. You've got the transition if, if, of things in oh, the thing and the transition here. Like, oh, and they, a magnificent one and a piece of shit. And they don't yeah. even they don't even link up the body parts properly mm. because mm. it's like it's like his his torso. It's like his stomach that turns into the mouth. Oh, it looks so awful. Dumb. The the one thing that I will give them in terms of like special effects, uh, I, okay. Is that I think Shiva, who is the 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 forearmed the lady Goro basically, oh, yeah. Yeah. and Motaro, who's the centaur, yes. don't look awful. They look they don't look great, passing, passing. but they look passable. So you know how Shiva dies by a rock falling on top of her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they killed her because they couldn't afford to keep of course, producing of the special effects for her. <laughs> so we're like, yeah, cool, we'll do this thing, and they're like, we've run out of budget. Uh, drop a rock on her, it'll be fine. Problem solved. And. That sounds like I'm making that up. That is actually why she dies. Yeah. It's because they ran out of money to keep doing her with special effects. Weirdly enough, I want to just have a little transition here. Just two two, two minor points here, but they're, they're worth mentioning, I think. And then talk about just injuries in general and unfortunately death. So first bit very quickly is that this film doesn't, despite having the end of the, the first film with it, uh, Annihilation doesn't actually seem to remember Mortal Kombat much. Sonya's whole arc is that she, I mean, they all have the, it, the three main characters, Johnny Cage, Luke, uh, Luke Hang, and Sonya Blade, have these things that Rain says, you got to make sure you have <laughs> friends, and you, I'm not telling you your story. It's, it's like, whatever. <laughs> they have something to overcome. Everyone is calling you a fake, Johnny Cage. You're not a fake. You can do these things. So thank you, thank you. That's why you rush Remember? to every combat. Yes, you go in too fast because you're trying to prove things. Kick them in the balls. <laughs> Thank you. And by the way, not my usual Lambert impression. This is Raiden Lambert. He's different. <laughs> but um, Sonya's arc is you're too pr- full of pride. You don't ask for help. Correct. And that's a very interesting thing to say to a 90s woman who's like, hey, I don't need your fucking help because it's the whole. <laughs> it's the same thing they do with Casino Royale with Vespa Lind. It's like, you know what your problem is? If you weren't such a bitch, people would like you. It's like, <laughs> It's not a great thing for a dude to point out to a lady who's like, you know, has literally got ahead in life. It's like, yeah, but you'd be nice if you just smiled once in a while. Like, I don't think this is the message. <laughs> Sonya's thing is basically stop being a hard ass and ask for help. It's like, I do sort of see where you're coming from, but I don't think you're the person to tell her this. Yeah. <laughs> Second film comes along. She has to learn the exact same thing again because they're like, uh, same story, I guess. Let's go with this. She's she's taught that by Raiden. By Raiden. Again. Again. <laughs> but there's an alternate universe. Ooh. Outside of the outworld and all that sort of shit. And the sequelizers universe. The sequ- outside possibly the sequelizers universe. Oh. The real universe. So originally, I, I think Jax was going to be a bigger character because Steve James was going to be playing him, but he died of cancer just before yep. and Steve James is a fucking really interesting actor. I would have been really fascinated to see him. Interesting before. choice. Yeah, definitely. There's a cameo at the start of the first film as well with a director who looks a bit lot like Steven Spielberg. Was apparently supposed to be actually Steven Spielberg making a cameo directing this Johnny Cage movie, um, which would have been really sort of grounded in the world. Like, no, this is a real serious movie. Because when you watch it, Holy hell, does that guy look like Steven Spielberg? <laughs> oh, they, they're blatantly playing it up quite a lot, yeah. yeah. He, was, he was too busy. Not that he wouldn't do it. He was a little too busy at the time. That's all it was. Um, he, was he was producing Tiny Toon Adventures at the time, so, you know. <laughs> he, was, he was doing God's work. <laughs> <laughs> but the interesting thing to me is that Sonya Blade, before they recast with uh, Bridget Wilson? Yeah. Bridget Wilson's in the first one. Sandra Hess is in the That's second one. That's great. Yeah. Before it was Bridget Wilson, it was Cameron Diaz. 
Yeah. yeah. She went out with a wrist injury. She would have been doing this before, you know, like the mask sort of fame, that yeah. kind of stuff. And I find that largely fascinating just because just to clarify, she's just on the master. She just arrived as an actor out of do, uh, so mm, doing, yeah. um, uh, you know, modeling stuff. And this would have been basically putting her in Charlie's Angels before she did Charlie's Angels, doing all the stunts and live action sort of stuff. And I think that in an alternate, another big, huge casting thing, Johnny Cage has always been a parody of effectively Jean Claude Van Damme. Mm, yeah. He was snatched up by the Street Fighter people. So imagine this movie with a Steven Spielberg cameo with uh, Cameron Diaz. And Jean-Claude Van Damme and Christopher Lambert, who was a big actor at this time and, and, and mm. things like that. It's just this... And obviously, more important, I should also hang on here with as well, um, with um, Kari Hiroyuki Tagawa, um, because the, he's a fucking... The amazing Kari he's, who's, Tagawa. Who's the best thing about the first He's film. always fucking oh, fantastic. He's so everything great. He's in. I love him. Him, him in uh, the first couple of seasons of um, Man in the High Castle. Just, mm. anyway. Oh, he's amazing. He's great. Incredible. But the point is, this could have been an actual contender for something genuinely seriously mm. pushing video game films into something actually of note. I believe the they, also, they also looked at people like Tom Cruise for yeah, Johnny Cage. Exactly. And I think that's interesting, but it's n- not what we ended up with in the fucking slightest. No. Um, and Everybody's I point- favourite actor, Lyndon Ashby. <laughs> Hands up who's ever heard of Lyndon Ashby outside of this film. I'll or take- you first heard about him from me just saying it out loud just now. <laughs> yeah. I, I must admit, listening. for the longest time, I thought he was Robert Duncan McNeil. If you think of yourself, who are these people? Google um, Lyndon Ashby. As uh, as Johnny Cage, then Google Robert Duncan McNeil, who plays Tom Paris in Star Trek Voyager. <laughs> I genuinely thought that was him. Like, oh, I, I it's agree. That guy. I agree. It wasn't. <laughs> I at the time. Um, but the point is that um, with, with regards to Mortal Kombat, just, just, just to, to cap it off, before we probably should talk about fixing this thing. I feel very, very bad for Tim because, as I've mentioned last week, the amount of vampire lore I had to ingest <laughs> and <laughs> figure out and effectively is now, I mean, unfortunately... You, you, you tried, like, getting through the Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Iron Knight series and all that kind that of That one was well, hard because right? there was nothing to... Like, it's so exactly, hard to find any yeah. translations. There's lore this, that's in yeah. Chinese. <laughs> Whereas the, the, the Anne Rice stuff is everywhere and there's so much of it and you feel like you've taken it on. And I think... And obviously, same in a similar way, the last three episodes, like with Robert the Bruce as well, with the history. And for Tim, obviously, you mentioned like having you know, 18 tabs open and this yeah. sort of stuff. Mm. I feel like we're all, I don't know if you know, I'm sure you guys know Exhausted? This. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> There's a, what's the YouTube channel? Is it Polygon? I think it's Polygon. There's a thing called Unraveled and Brian oh, yeah. David yeah. Gilbert hosts it. And mm. he did this thing where he's like, I'm going to read all the Halo novels. And he stops and does this recap video. He says, I have no one to talk to about Halo. I know all this stuff and I have nothing to... So once we're done with this episode, Tim will still know all the Mortal yeah. Kombat lore. And That's have nothing in my to brain now. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember algebra anymore. You, you, I've got yeah, it's, it's, it's pushed important stuff out. Like You forget like people's phone numbers and stuff yeah. because now yep. you know all the yep. lore about Mortal Kombat. Yeah. I can't remember want... what my parents looked like. <laughs> If that's that's how name, much law there is, folks. All my cousins, I'm going to go, oh, fuck. I mean, fuck. You're, you're Irish. That's yeah, I'll say there are a lot of them. I can I mean, name all my cousins because I have about five. Oh, my dad's one of seven, so that ain't happening. I, yeah, exactly. And on the Irish side, it's the same sort of thing. I'm like, yeah, wait, what is my, what is my second cousin's youngest kid? And I had a like, similar conversation with a Spanish friend of mine. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm one of nine and my cousins are 
one, two, and three of eleven. I'm like, what? What do you mean of eleven? I'm like, a Victorian, yeah, yeah. and they might all die, so I had to punch out like twenty of them. No, she's, she's younger than us. She's in her twenties. I'm like, how are you hell. one of nine, and they're one of eleven? So just in like one jump away from your parents, yeah. who are also like one of six and one of seven each. <laughs> so you have like fifty cousins. Of those cousins, each of them have like nine kids. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> but I my imagine... entire family is like 30 people. <laughs> I imagine generationally speaking, this in this friend in question, there's she hasn't got kids yet, possibly, or maybe one or two. It's not the same thing of like, I'm now also gonna set carry that lineage. <laughs> yeah. Because our generation is fucked monetarily and we can't do it. Um <laughs> and the earth is screwed. But don't worry, we'll fight some other realm for their realm, it'd be fine. Yeah. Um, problem solved. We'll take over Adenia. <laughs> never t- it's the Garden of Eden, if you haven't already guessed, ladies mm. and gentlemen. Which is originally where Katana is from, which they don't really address very much <laughs> in the films. So even in the, like and we talked a lot about the CGI already, like the monsters and stuff, but we need to talk about the backgrounds and the CGI and shit Ooh. in these films. Because I mean, not to invoke a thing that is unspoken in these in these podcast grounds, but it's Star Wars prequel territory. In that it is often two people just in a green screen room with some sand on the floor, and then the rest of it is just digital. Because for some reason, somebody thought that doing a digital replacement of the entire sky was a good idea. <laughs> and the only video way games. You know- exactly. Leave it in the fucking video games. You the only way you know that these realms are crossing Oh, oh, there's an Eiffel Tower. <laughs> oh, are we yeah, in that, Paris? That- the, like what the fuck is going also, on? Also, the the twin towers in New York is in there as well, and you think, yeah. Every time I see them, I'm like, holy fuck. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. In the first one, there's some really nice like location shooting and stuff. Yes, yeah, there's, yeah, there's yeah. actual like shots in is it Thailand. Like, it's, it's Thailand. Most yeah. of it's yeah. in Thailand. Like amazing, beautiful temples and beaches and stuff, and all this incredible mm. shooting location, gen- genuine, actual, real mm. locations and stuff. And they're like. Nah, fuck it. Just well, they- put some sand on the floor of a studio and then just make digital sky. Like, who thought that was a good idea? You have twice the budget of I mean, the last film. That is still how we make movies now. It's how Endgame was made. <laughs> well, I know, but we have the technology. This is 1996, 97. Everybody thinks they can do it at the time. Yeah, this, but they this can't. Thing, they did actually shoot on location for some bits because there some are bit, some there's a couple did, yeah. of moments where yeah, like oh yeah. like that's some impressive scenery. Yeah. Except you only get it for the establishing shot, and mm. then it cuts to fucking <clears throat> studio backlot with some sand. Just like someone's yeah. gone gone to the grit bin and just thrown it over the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, and so mostly for the back flippings, and also if you have a green screen or a blue screen, especially in the early days or in a, and especially even now, if you haven't got a bunch of a budget. Doing a flip in front of a green screen is not a good idea. <laughs> so there is literal, just like clipping of characters' arms and shoulders mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. That like Shao Kahn's arms just disappear into the background <laughs> multiple times because the entire fucking thing is green screen. Mm. And funny you should mention flips there, Matt. Yeah. Um, because I I mentioned uh, Chris Stuckman, who's one of my favorite kind of film reviewer YouTuber guys. Yes. Been around for. Years and years and years on YouTube and yeah, films yeah, yeah. and stuff. Um, he did. He has a hilariosity series, which is terrible fucking movies, and he reviews it basically. And Mortal Kombat Annihilation is one of those movies because he said this is the perfect film for you and your buddies to just get around and watch because it is hilariously bad. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I would agree. I think um, unfortunately we're not 
able to do commentaries at the moment, but this <laughs> would have been so oh, fucking good been, for a commentary. Yeah. yeah, this would have been amazing. And he did a flip count for Mortal <laughs> Kombat Annihilation. So to 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 kind of preempt the Rotten Tomatoes thing we'll be doing later on in the show. Any guesses for how many side flips, front oh flips, and back God. flips, all oh combined, so all flips, including the little like cartwheelie flips mm, and yeah, all yeah, the front yeah. flips and the back flips? How many flips do you think there are in Mortal Kombat Annihilation, gentlemen? Any guesses? Twenty-nine. Twenty-nine oh. from Tim. No, no, Matt? no, no. I'm, I'm gonna go. Let's go absurd. Let's go absurd. Thirty-one. No, no. Um, let's go. Let's go absurd. I, I genuinely feel there are probably 60, 65 or something like that. I'm probably quite high. Yeah, you're pretty close, Matt. It's 54. According Holy to, shit! According to, according to Chris Duckman. <laughs> Hang on, the, 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 the official run time flip counter is like 95 minutes. It's 95. There are that is one every a minute and a half. <laughs> that's a flip every night. That's at least one flip every that's 90 ins- seconds. It's like you so. say, like, oh, in, in in like Wolf of Wall Street, there are 200 uses of the word fucking. That's not too many. Think think about that. <laughs> that's that's yeah. one every minute. It's like, oh god, that's one every yeah. sentence. It's like. No, I can't be right. It's like, yes, it is. Exactly, yeah. There is a flip every sentence, essentially, yeah. in this fucking movie. I mean, it shows, because you can, like, just the battle, just the ninja battle, as you mentioned earlier, Tim, mm. like, there is so much just, oh, we're, we're Power Rangers villains, yeah. and you do the thing where they appear, like, on the horizon or on rocks surrounding the good guys, <laughs> and then they flip down into the, like, little combat yeah. arena. Right? We, we should point uh, yes. out here, we, do, we three like... 70s, 80s, and 90s martial arts films mm. quite a lot. Yeah. And flips can be fucking cool. We talked about our love of martial arts in multiple episodes. Exactly. Yeah. We talked about Power Rangers. We talked about TMNT. We yeah. talked yeah. about Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Like, there is yeah. some amazing. In our sort of stuff to catch up on with the whole, like, um, 36 Chambers and that kind of stuff. Mm. There's so much to draw. Oh, yeah, the of thing course, is, yeah. it has to be someone who's very good at it has to be shot well, has to be interesting. And I can't think of a single flip in Mortal Kombat Annihilation, all of the 50 of them, where <laughs> I went, shit. Right? <laughs> yeah, you want something it's... to be... Re- there, there's a couple of moments in that first one, because Robin Shao, um, unsurprisingly, is a totally legit martial artist mm-hmm. and, and stunt coordinator as well. Mm, yes. He, co- he co- choreographed and coordinated a lot of the fights, by the way, because he's a badass. Which in the first film were actually quite cool. Yeah, that's what I mean. Mm. He does that splits jump thing over the top of um, Shang Tsung in the first one. I'm like, yeah. mm. how the fuck did he do that off the wall? Yeah. Is it, that's insane. Is it Reptile's fighting game where he, where he, he hits, um, Liu Kang hits him and he falls basically on his like neck slash shoulder? Yeah. Or is it, it's not some serious, I think it's Reptile. And it's like, that looks fucking good. Oh, yeah. oh that's brutal. I mean, I mean, the obvious thing, the, the impossible bicycle kick, which is taken straight from the game. Yes. yes. A bicycle kick is is possible yes but not when you're like sat back like you're actually on a pedal yeah. bike <laughs> yeah, that's you, you, you can do it and like um again I, I watched a video of two actual martial artists reviewing mortal combat like in in the, the game the cutscene games yes. and like the choreography for that and how cool it was and stuff and they were like I, yeah I, I could do i could do a bicycle kick i can do about five yeah because this guy's a fucking badass mm-hmm. Liu Kang does like twelve, yeah, <laughs> in, 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 a, in a seated position in midair. Like it's it, it's it, no big deal. It's the wall flip. The 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 yeah. um. So Fred Astaire did this wall flip twice. Yes, and yes. it's one of those things that look now like oh, it's quite interesting. It's like no, 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 no. That was a fucking 
feet. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody has done that before. Yeah. yeah, and it's the idea like doing a wall flip where you basically run up into a wall, one, two, and launch off the wall into yeah. a standing position is Classic. very difficult. However, it's like the bicycle kick. It's feasible. It's plausible. But when you're going, okay, I'm gonna do a wall jump, like wall flip. Okay, cool. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. It's like yeah. you're scaling the <laughs> whole building. That's, yes, that's and not how off. gravity works. Yeah. Then I flip off and do three flips and twist around like I'm a fucking Olympic diver, and then land on my feet, go Whoa! land and do the splits, or a dead, yeah. or like a fucking dead drop from rag, uh, drag race or something, and then smacks one of the balls. I was like. <laughs> Yes, you've gone into fantasy now. And that's what Mortal yeah. Kombat is kind of for. It's, it's got the fantasy element yeah. there. You can get away with breaking physics and doing all this mad shit. Yeah, it's the grounding of the martial, yeah, the grounding of martial having, arts, though, that makes it having, work. Yeah, using it, like, again, I know I keep referencing Crouching Tiger here, but like yes, they use yes. wire work in the first film to make the fantasy shit happen. The way he does that bicycle kick is with wires. Mm. But you believe it because mm -hmm. Liu Kang is a badass and you know mm -hmm. that Robin Shao is actually doing all this stuff because you can see him in camera doing all this stuff. Yes. The, Fuck the, it. Let's just put a bunch of robots and flipping ninjas with no faces. So it's just a bunch of extras and stunt boxing. actors and all this airboxing bullshit and kicks that never touch their opponent and all this kind of stuff. There's a real sense of like weight of the punches and stuff in the mm, first one. Mm. They're killing each other. There's literal fatalities <laughs> and stuff. Mm -hmm. Sonya Blade fucking breaks his um, Kano's neck. Kano, the Australian played by an English actor for some reason yeah. who yeah. barely does an accent. That's Hello. not here nor there. Yeah, he's he's British most of the time, and then is like, oh, I'm a little bit Australian. Oh, I'm back to English again. Hello, to to be fair, most Americans can't tell the difference between. That's British very and true. <laughs> mo That's mo very yeah, true. very true. But like, cast a fucking Aussie for God's sake. But th there's like visceral moments in the first. Was what I'm getting at. There's no weight to any of the punches because I mean, not to use the Jack's punching and CGI monster thing again. He's not punching anything, so yeah. he's just like. You remember like speedball punching? Have you ever seen boxers do that? Yeah, where there's yeah. the, like the dangly thing and they're just like rolling their hands over each other. Like you can't actually punch somebody like that, but it's about coordination and timing mm, and stuff. Yes, it's not yeah. throwing actual punches. But he throws punches like that and he's just nerd fighting this fucking <laughs> monster. Um, you know he's not connecting with anything because there's no weight and the thing isn't reacting. It's basically just stood there like frozen like a blob. And then that happens in the actual fight scenes as well because for whatever reason... The choreography is worse in the second one. Robin Shaw somehow just <laughs> isn't able to pull anything off. I don't probably, know. Maybe they didn't let him do Probably wasn't given stuff. the time to. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's like okay, I need a couple of days to come up with the plan. I'll, I'll, I'll choreograph it. Uh, we've got about half an hour. Rob, is that all right? <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, I'll do some flips. Perfect, mate. That sounds good. <laughs> carry on. Carry on. As you were. Carry on. Yeah. It, it feels like the reason that they're doing so many flips is. Just so something is moving on the screen, <laughs> yes. And kids, kids will follow. Like, oh look, oh look, something's oh, moving. Oh, oh no, oh. over there. Oh, okay. Like watching tennis oh, and just following keys. the ball. Look at the keys. Yeah, yeah, look yeah. Siege, <laughs> very CGI keys just dangling up in front of you, which like, is also yeah. Transformers. <laughs> Taking keys, dangling in front of a baby's face. <laughs> oh, just a big, oh. ja big jangly, jangly piece of metal just wiggling about you. Yeah. yeah, do it with God, flesh. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah. I mean, we've barely touched on like Sindel in the second film. Oh my because God, she's so terrible. Masetta Vanda is just, I mean, she's Bride of Frankenstein, basically. Yeah. <laughs> but like, she doesn't know she's not in Bride of Frankenstein <laughs> from like the 40s. And it's just like, well, yeah, you know, whatever. It's supposed to be this big, scary character. Nope, you're not at all. You're hamming it up more than anyone else <laughs> in this entire thing. And 
I mean, not going back to like the characters and stuff, they introduced some really cool characters from the hit, like the mm-hmm. whole Sindel, Shinnok, mm. Shao Kahn, Raiden, gods, elder gods, different realms, all this kind of stuff. Yep. That is so integral to that lore. And you even get like, like I said, the, the death of the original Sub Zero, and then his brother coming back, mm. and then for for one fucking scene, <laughs> <laughs> for one fucking scene, that as I said is mm. is ties so into like Mortal Kombat Legacy because Legacy, hello, mm. is about Scorpion versus Sub Zero and their eternal struggle of their clans and stuff. Mm-hmm. And when the original Sub Zero is killed, his brother takes up his mantle, but then the aforementioned evil sorcerer Quan Chi brings back the original <laughs> Sub-Zero as this undead ninja called Noob Cybot because Noob Cybot Noob Cybot is called that because Boone it's... and Tobias yep. are the original creators names and they just turn them backwards so it's Boone Tobias nope Noob Cybot and they also I, did that in Noob Cybot was <laughs> yeah exactly Noob Cybot is such a fucking cool idea for a character bring back like arguably one of the iconic characters Sub-Zero is the iconic mm. character yes. of the first couple of games, barely in the fucking films because yeah. it's all about Liu Kang. I know Liu Kang is the tournament champion and all that kind of stuff, but th- that ninja look with the the palette swapping ninjas mm. that they have in the games, yep. where it's like it's literally the same character model. Like, oh, he's green now. That's reptile. It, yeah, it's he's Ermac. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's fascinating because if you look at the game covers for the last few years, obviously it's like, oh, Liu Kang is the main character and Johnny Cage main character. It's like, who are the main characters of the last ten years? Scorpion because yeah. Scorpion it's fucking and cool and yep. Scorpion and Sub-Zero is back and forth is a thing it's like the, it's almost like you know who do you think is the main character they won't be for long yeah <laughs> and and they opened the the teaser trailer with the new film like Hasashi you have been a great warrior or something like who's Hasashi oh it's, it's Scorpion. fucking Scorpion yep. yes Get excited, folks. Yeah. Mike, I hope you're listening. I hope you're excited as well. Yeah. I hope you're listening. Have... The episode he's been waiting for for <laughs> fucking three years. Like, ah, skip this one. Was, that was the joke, Matthew. No, no, you meant it, you filth. <laughs> but, like, that's where you can do interesting stuff. Yeah. But they, they like, from the ground up, they do nothing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Annihilation couldn't have done that because they've already done and done a disservice, for want of a better phrase. Mm. To those characters in the first one, you get the weird, as I mentioned before, the the wood, the fight in the trees yes. thing, mm. where I, the, I, the, once... the snake hand monster is like grinding away at a tree with its rope for yeah. some reason. What's the Harry Potter spell? The three forbidden curses things. There's one which is like the, the Imperious Curse, the one with the mm. control. That's basically what Scorpion and Sub Zero are. They've got white over sort of uh, blind eyes and they're under the control of. Um, of Shang Tsung. Exactly. And it's yeah. like, oh, henchman. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah, I, I actually quite like the fight with Johnny Cage once they go, once they teleport and go to the weird, like, Hell underworld yeah. thing. Uh, he's, like, cutting him in half and stuff. Yeah. And, yeah, that yeah with, that's really cool. Uh, like, Fear Factory in the background, I think, once they musically speak or something like that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Good, good then, times. Again, a lot not to tie it back to Queen of the Dam, but there's a lot of like industrial and new metal, <laughs> like pr- proto new metal going on in the late nineties. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a lot of metal remixes of the theme song, as you can imagine. Understandably. <laughs> anyway, sure I've had should... one or two of them as as a ringtone in my in my time. <laughs> we should probably get to get to fixing because uh, not to not to spoil, but uh, these pitches the, the the pitch I have for you. Is considerable. 
Ooh. Would you say it's a season finale worthy pitch, Tim? I would I, I hope so. I am I am hyped. A yeah, substantial motherfucker. Go and get, okay, pause the podcast. Go and listen to the theme song. Get hyped. Because <laughs> <laughs> that if that shit doesn't get you hyped, it wants to get you raving like a madman in Raven like Raiden. Raven like Raiden. Raven like Raiden, exactly. Just throwing shapes. And then get screaming hyped. like Raiden. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god. So, before we get into the Mortal Kombat fixing, it's time for us to earn a little bit of money with some ads. Our first sponsor this week is, of course, Stitcher Premium, the premier podcast listening app of choice, dedicated to bringing you podcasts in superb clarity. Um and if you sign up for Stitcher Premium, you get ad-free access to some of your favourite shows. Plus, you can access Stitcher Originals, you can get bonus episodes, whole comedy albums from some fantastic comedians, all that and more. Uh, You can get that for only $4.99 a month or sign up for a year for just $34.99. Plus, if you go to stitcher.com slash premium to sign up today and use the promo code SEQUALIZERS, uh, then you will get one month free, uh, thanks thanks to us and our wonderful partners, Stitcher Premium. Our second sponsor today, we've talked about Mortal Kombat, but now let's talk about some Mortal Kindness. <laughs> because spelled with a K, so it's with a K. It's on brand. Because today's episode is brought to you by Kind Bar. Kind is deeply committed to crafting food with real, recognisable ingredients a disruptive notion that sparked the creation of a new healthy snacking category. I mean, you could argue that Mortal Kombat was created from a disruptive notion that sparked (laughs) the creation of a new fighting game. Well, quite. Uh, Kind is unapologetic in their efforts to challenge the status quo, to shift the food industry and empower their community and our listeners to make better informed choices about health. Kindness can be a transformative force for good, and that is why we are teaming up with Kind and Podgo to bring our listeners 10% off or 15% off for military, teachers, students, first responders, doctors, and nurses. Uh, so to access that, you just go to podgo.co slash kind. That's podgo.co slash kind. Kind bar, creating a kinder and healthier world, one act, one snack at a time. I loved when Jack said, it's kind with a K. As opposed to kind with a C. <laughs> mortal kindness works because it's got a K in it. Like everything in Mortal Kombat has got a K in it. But the you, go, you go to the C. crypt in Mortal Kombat, it's spelled with a K. <laughs> oh, yeah, the crypt, the things just jump out at you. Yeah. And say, Have a snack. Yeah. <laughs> See? It all makes sense. Mm. So before we get into your pitch, the season finale pitch, Mr. Mayton, mm-hmm. I teased that earlier. We're obviously going to do Rotten Tomatoes, and there's going to be a little little twist at the end. A little signature Tim Matum twist at the end. <laughs> oh, but obviously, the Tim twist. Before we get to the Tim twist, TM, trademarked by Sequelizers Limited. Tim Matum. <laughs> Trademark TM, Tim Matum. Tim twist, <laughs> Tim Matum, TM. It's not trademark, it's Tim <laughs> signing shit. That's mine. That's mine. That's mine. Tim owns everything, you just don't know it. Yeah. So obviously, we're going to talk about Mortal Kombat from 1995. And Mortal Kombat Annihilation from 1997. I will save the twist 
after those two. So, okay. Tim, I'm coming to you first. Okay. For 1995, what do you reckon for the first Mortal Kombat movie? I mean, it's not going to be high as much as we have <laughs> praised it. Not to it. spoil it, it's not 90-something percent like yeah. we've had before on this show. Yeah. It's, as much as we've praised it, it's still very much a video game movie. Um, and at a time when there are a lot of bad video game movies. Mm-hmm. But it is the it is one of the better ones. So... And with and I think a lot of retrospective reviews are gonna hold it up as a as a better example. I'm gonna go for fifty five percent. Ooh, okay, okay, right, slap bang in the middle, okay, more or less. I think just just on the side of mm. positive. Nice, okay, Matt, how about you? Yeah, I gotta agree with Tim. I think. Um... <sighs> I don't think there's ever going to be... I mean, we've gone... For, 2020 has shown us uh, a world where all the Blade films and <laughs> Mummy films and the Anne Rice, you know, the Vampire Chronicles stuff barely get above 50% or whatever it is. <laughs> um, it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't see this doing well, even with the retrospect. So I'm going to say a fairly generous 42%. 42. Yeah, meaning of life and everything, all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was going for just round 40, but 42 seems to be funny. Fair enough. Fair enough. How about the sequel? Mm. The terrible sequel. If you think the first ones are in the 50s and 40s. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's your guess for Annihilation, Tim? I mean, it's hard to see how anyone would watch this movie and come away with a positive impression <laughs> from it. But then there are weirdos and perverts out there. Uh, Hello. <laughs> I think oh, is it a, is it a goose egg? Uh, I'm gonna is, I'm is gonna that, say is that the question? One percent. Wow. I think it has. See, I think it is an egg. I think it's a zero. I I really do. Um. Yeah, fuck it. No, because okay, my line of thinking was exact same as Tim again. Um, Tim finds this stem, takes out the clip of Matt saying, "Yeah, Tim's right. No, wait, Tim's <laughs> definitely right. I agree with Tim again." Um, no, I, I do. I think I think it's literally, it's definitely a single digit. I don't see anyone saying this has got some redeeming qualities. <laughs> I, I think it's a zero. I think it's a zero. <laughs> okay, so. I'll, I'll Which basically it. means if it's anything above one, <laughs> I've lost. <laughs> you have kind of done the opposite of prices right there, Matt. And just but I stand fuck, by it. I stand yourself. by that. Um, so, in fact, you're both incredibly close on the first Ooh, one. Okay. It is between your scores, as we've ah, had before. Okay. And Matt is ever so slightly closer. It's okay. in fact 48% for the first Ooh. Mortal Kombat. Right, right in the middle of your team. Yeah. And the uh, audience score is 57. So even the audience, as you said, Tim, a lot of nostalgic mm. idiots probably going on and saying like, oh yeah, it's the best best video game movie ever. 100%, five out of five, <laughs> brilliant. For I don't second- mind that. I think that's an artist's uh, yeah, score. I think reason, I'm okay reason. with that. Yeah. For the second one. Again, you're both very, very close. <laughs> it is, in fact, 
two percent. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh and, wow! And would you? This is not the. This is not even the Tim twist yet. This is the little Jack bit where mm. I read a review. Would yeah. you like the headline of the single positive review? Yes. On Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. From oh, a John Nickham from Lawrence Journal World. Never heard I, of either I, of those things. I feel this is going to be one of those retrospective things that looks back and said, the Trump presidency, was it all bad? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yes. This, this is from 2003, <laughs> according to Rotten Tomatoes. Fucking and, hell. And as we know, 60% or more mm. is a positive score. Yes, and in fact, yes. this is a three out of five review. Jesus. Yes. Yeah. And. It's it's only a few words because I've only got the headline here. It's a guilty pleasure more entertaining than the original. That's no, it. <laughs> only and, and John, only from you are wrong. So. Let's get drunk and watch this. Yeah, type a guilty viewing. pleasure means you just enjoy it. That's fine. Yeah, enjoy what you like. There's nothing wrong with that. But you're not rating something on a guilty pleasure. That's not a critique. Yeah. And secondly, better than the original. Nope. Sorry, more enjoyable than the original was that was the statement again. As as Tim said. God damn, Tim is always entertaining. Right. <laughs> more entertaining, yeah, t- which yeah, it is uh, not. I, I agree with Tim. That's only entertaining if you're drunk and taking the piss of it, like with friends and things. And even then, it's like pushing yeah. it because yeah. the pacing is so terrible. You think, is it over yet? No, there's another 50 minutes to go. Yeah. What? <laughs> Would you like to know the audience score for Annihilation? 10. 25%. Oh, God. What is wrong with people? And, and bear in mind, so there are 43 <laughs> critic reviews for Annihilation and 40 critic reviews. Mm. For Mortal Kombat, there are three hundred and eleven thousand seven hundred and thirty-nine at the time of recording for the first one, and eighty-eight thousand two hundred and fifty-five for the second one. So twenty. Hold on, let there's, me get my there's, calculator. There's twenty-two thousand, give or take. There's twenty-two thousand people who gave it a positive review. Jesus there Christ. is 22,000 and about sixty-three or sixty-four. <laughs> it doesn't quite round out properly. Who mm. gave that film more than a, th- a three or more out of five? What is wrong? With- this is how yeah. Brexit and Trump happened. Yeah. <laughs> this is what's times. wrong with the world. So, and again, you can enjoy these sure. things. You yeah. can enjoy mm. it. But the second you start saying, this is a critically do, do, well. Do you remember achieved- us talking about objectively bad movies? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking bingo. Yeah. So, with that in mind, with the 2% for Mortal Kombat Annihilation, yep. yes. from my research, mm. there is a officially licensed, I want a better phrase, video, actually released feature film, video game movie, that is worse in RT score than that. There is one lower Ooh. than 2%. According to my research, again, don't exactly quote me on this, but so this a, is the, worse, this is a worse video game movie. A worse video it's game movie. <laughs> it's either, I'll give you a clue. It's a one percent movie on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, okay. Any guesses, gentlemen? For I the mean, there's 1%. a percent. There's a lot of bad ones to choose from. There's a lot of shit, but this is as soon as I say it, you're gonna go, oh. God, either you didn't know that existed and oh my god, of course that makes sense, yeah, or yeah, you yeah, knew yeah. it existed and of course that makes sense. I know Wing Commander is pretty notoriously bad. Yeah. So is Double Dragon. Uh, Wing Commander, I'll let you know now, is a 10%. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's higher. Double With Dragon, Double Dragon is, is 13%. Yeah. <laughs> Street Fighter is 10%. It's none of god. those. 
Wait, the original Street Fighter is ten percent. The original Street Fighter is ten percent. That seems low. Wow, for, that is too I, I would have, I would have put trash, that in, but it's yeah. twenty thirty. Maybe it's, yeah. it's pretty yeah. bad. Yeah. That's yeah. wow. That's impressively bad. Yeah. Hmm. Are you ready? Uh, oh, uh, do, I'm, do, I'm do, sure Matt guess? has a guess. Do you want to have a guess? I have Matt? a couple of guesses. Go on, have do a, I have get have down a... to one guess? Oh no, no, just hit me, hit me with stuff. Okay, I think now. Mention my reactions. Like, oh, maybe it's a Tekken movie straight to the of the Dead or Alive things. I was like, no, Matt, stop, stop, stop. Video game movies. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uwe Boll does these things. And uh, oh, <laughs> the, fuck, yes. The Tekken movie, uh, and that, that is that is pretty badly rated as well. I'll just let okay. you know. Now, but... Um, I, I think it's actually gonna be an Uwe Boll because he's like dungeon siege whatever it is mm. uh in the name of the king and all that crap mm-hmm. I, I think it's um one of his ones mm-hmm. far cry was shit mm-hmm. did you do blood rain i think i was shit mm-hmm. um the chant lee street five films bad oh, oh because it had a budget and a release here we go and i saw it and i had here it on go. dvd i think it's gonna be alone in the dark or something nailed it matt Alone in the as, dark. As, as you were start, as you were starting going through the Uwe Boll ones, I was like, "Oh, it's fucking Alone in the Dark, isn't it?" Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's Tara Reid starring Alone Tara in the Dark. Reed, Tara Reid, Stephen Dorff, Christian Slater. Tara Reid is a scientist who can't pronounce Newfoundland <laughs> from Newfoundland. Like, Newfoundland. What? Oh god. <laughs> and they wear paintball outfits for their military things. Which again, if you're on a small budget like thing, that's fine. But oh my god, yeah, yeah. that that. that the fact that it isn't a zero is quite interesting. But that's because fans, fans will always say it's good. The Tekken movie from 2010 appears to have a 0% on there as well. So that Ooh. is, that is pretty, that is, that's pretty bad. I've that's seen bad that film. film. That is fucking rubbish. It is terrible. <laughs> I, 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 I watched it because there's an MMA fight. It's not Tekken really. A film I reviewed officially and said I can't in good conscience give this a good review. I gave like a three out of five, two out of five, three out of five. But I still, as a fan of the video game series, actually really like it. Um and think it does a quite a good job. And that is Silent Hill. I like the first uh, Silent Hill. Film, I think yeah. first Silent Hill is actually pretty with, damn with good. Uh, I know a lot of people seen Bean doing an American it. accent. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Rose! Thank you, Sean. <laughs> Rose! <laughs> Oh bloody hell! I'm from I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, I'm, I'm from <laughs> the north, you know, Minnesota. Yeah, exactly. Not. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um. So Silent Hill has a thirty-one percent oh, perspective. Fuck off. And Blood Rain has a four. Yeah. So <laughs> the fact that we talk about so many, there you go, there so you many go. uh video game influenced films and and direct adaptation mm. stuff, multiple single digits. Yeah, yeah of including multiple ones with one, two, and zero percent. That's yeah. what I'm saying. That is like the, the state of video game yeah. movies. Is the highest one Sonic at the minute? Uh, Sonic has a 63, which that's is probably... which is certified fresh because it's actually above yeah. 60. Yeah. So that, what that's about pretty, Detective Pikachu. Pretty good. I'm going to have a look right now. I'm on there. Yes, yes, please do. Uh, let's have a look for live it's kind googling. Of, it, it, on the it's air. kind of a shame because like. Mortal Kombat Annihilation is one of the few we can cover because it's actually a sequel mm-hmm. because most of them are so bad they just sink yeah. without a trace. Mm-hmm. Uh, Detective Pikachu at time of recording is sixty eight percent, so that's that might be the highest. Yeah, yeah. I game, fucking game. feel like Mortal Kombat's going to come in with like a seventy five. Everyone's going to go. <gasps> <gasps> yeah. It'll be 70. or it'll be twenty. It'll be like forty seven Ronin. It'll be like oh, uh, this exists. So this is as of forty seven yeah. Ronin is trash. Alone in the Dark is the official. God, didn't Alone in the Dark look. get a sequel? I'm sure it, it did. did. Yes, it did. Yeah, we can do I that. Sh- then. I assume it can only <laughs> it can only be worse, right? That's a good point. Does that it is, is that even directed is that by even Peter Shearer, a person I've never heard of? Uh, 
and, my, and, my, and Michael Roche. I, I bet you it's got uh, like no racing. No, like oh Lance Hendrickson isn't it? But nobody else you've ever heard. I mean, of. maybe about yeah. five seconds. Yeah. Oh, apparently it's better than the first one. There you go. I mean, according <laughs> so it's a to incredibly not low fucking bar, but yeah. Yeah. According to who? <laughs> according to IGN. Fuck IGN. <laughs> so yeah, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Is, it, so uh, this is from the 43 video game movies ranked worst best officially on Rotten Tomatoes. Right. Sure. And uh, Alone in the Dark is the 43rd, and Mortal Kombat Annihilation is the 42nd. <laughs> it's, wow. it's pretty bad. So um, I've got a pretty low bar to clear. Yeah. Yeah. This also isn't fucking make a sequel to Chinatown territory. To, to put it oh, into no. perspective, the the original Mortal Kombat film is is number six on yeah. that list. That's insane. Like, with forty eight percent, it is number six. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you've then got of all things Rampage, the Dwayne Johnson. Rampage vehicle. is very straightforward. It's, I don't like a, it personally. It's, a, it's but... a straightforward film with yeah. Naomi Harris and Dwayne Johnson in it. You've then got the Alicia Vikander Tomb Raider with fifty one percent. Yep, a few years ago. Then, number three, Sonic the Hedgehog, 2020. Pokemon Detective Pikachu, last year, uh, sorry, not last year, 2019. Obviously last actual year. Last, yeah. <laughs> last actual year, because 2020 didn't Last happen. canonical year. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, with 68%. Year. And unbelievably, Angry Birds Movie 2 <laughs> is with 73%. But of course. Because I assume it's reviewed by a bunch of parents who are like, oh, my kid liked it. Mm. So yeah, and that and that is that is your top top five right there. Mm-hmm. Plus Mortal Kombat. State, state. And yet the stories being told in things like I'm not I'm not a fan of Last of Us, but Last of Us and and God of War and things that you, you and Ghost of Tsushima, where you're being drawn in these vast complex characters. It's like yeah, but at the same time, Angry Birds movie. The Last of Us duology is like one of the best cinematic experiences of the last decade, in my opinion. I think it's a fucking masterpiece. I'm a fucking glare at you, son. <laughs> Num- I know I'm going off on a tangent here, but number seven is Final Fantasy Spirits Within. And that, <laughs> is, that film is terrible. That film is trash. I own it. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. Wait, oh, wait, wait. Oh. Here's a question. Is Kingslave on there? Um, it wasn't released in theatres, I don't think, was it? So That doesn't always necessarily say it doesn't. It doesn't look like it. Oh, um. You'd be pleased to hear number 27 is your boy Assassin's Creed, Matthew. Yay! I was only like, what, 20%? 8, 18%. All the Hitman films. There's Blood Rain. Yeah, yeah. You'd be pleased to hear, Tim, that there's a load of Resident Evil films in here that are just, <laughs> just hot garbage. Oh, no, we already covered this in our Resident Evil um, yeah. thing. You've got Warcraft on there as well. Everyone forgets oh, that yeah. exists. The Prince of Persia movie with Jake Gyllenhaal that yeah. everyone forgets exists. These are all fine. They're just flat, in my opinion. Prince of Persia is in the top 10. That's how bad it is. Mm. War- Warcraft that's, that's, is fine. Yeah, Warcraft is serviceable. Dun- Duncan, Duncan Jones. Jones. Mm. Oh, poor old Duncan Jones. Um, you got the Angelina Jolie. Tomb Tomb Raiders. Raiders. The Lara Croft Tomb Raider films. Lara, right. Sup- Tomb Super Raider Mario Brothers from 1993. <laughs> the Cradle of Filth. Yeah, Cradle of Filth. Brilliant. I would love to see oh. that. Danny Filth just being, Oh, Basically, it would be Queen of the Damned, but with... Swap out Jonathan Davis for Danny Phil. Incidentally, Corn released a song for one of the Tomb Raider films. Yeah, of course they did. And there's a music video where they're shouting at each other. (laughs) Jonathan Davis and Angelina Jolie. Amazing. Um, Super Mario Bros. Famously a fucking Mm. terrible film from 1993. I think that film gets more love as time goes on. It does. It's 24%. It's number 18 on the list. Uh, The Ratchet. 
Ratchet and Clank movie is 22. I love that quite film. Good. Go fuck yeah. yourselves. I mean, it's not as good as the games, but like, What's, whatever. Is there the audience score in there? Or is it too hard to? Uh, oh, I'll get the audience score for you. Hold on. I bet that's probably in its 70s. That'd be much higher. 42. It's double. Oh my God, but it's really? Still not, not that high. I thought that film was fine. That was decent. But I really like Ratchet and Clank. There's some kind of maybe bias there. But yeah, that's that's the state of video game movies, and yeah. it's a topic we've literally already covered on this show. But holy shit, it's a uh, yeah, the 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 worst or the best, I guess. I had to be a look at it. Forty three ranked. Mm. Oh, this one is on here. Oh no. What? So I Final dun- Fantasy dun- Dungeon Scene fifteen had a film to go along with it called yes. Kingsglaive. Kingsglaive, yeah. And frustratingly. It's also like really important. It's integral, integral to the plot. Story right? stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, and it was released, I think, after the game. But the point, and 15 is a very problematic game, but I really love it. But it is on Rotten Tomatoes. It's 12%. Wow. That's bullshit. And again, the, incidentally, the audience score, 68%. That, that makes feels, more sense. Because yeah. Kingscape's actually, a, 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 and it's got fucking Sean Bean again, and Aaron mm-hmm. Paul and Lena Headey and stuff. It's like, oh, there's actually some interesting things going on here. But of course, it's like, you know, it's the whole, oh, it's very pretty, but I don't really understand. It's like, yeah, because it's not really for you. <laughs> it's like, oh, there are things to be admired, but at the same day, it's, it's just it's just incoherent muddle. It's like, have you ever played a fucking Final Fantasy <laughs> game, you idiot? No, absolutely not. Oh, one last one I will check. I apologize for the digression here. I want to see what Advent Children has. Oh, yeah. Good question. Final Fantasy VII Advent Children's got to be. Got to be decent, right? Got to be. <sighs> Advent Children. I reckon like 40-something. 2006? 33! 33, with an audience score of 84. 84! Again, the fans are like, we liked this. Yeah. And people are like, I don't understand Final Fantasy. It's like, yeah, of course yeah. you didn't. Spirits Within scored higher than both Kingsclave and Advent Children. Not with the fans, it didn't. <laughs> I think what that, the that's... Fuck? I think that's... Advent Children relies so much on you knowing those characters. It oh, doesn't, do, it doesn't put a lot of effort into introducing yeah. them. It's the um, same thing. Hey, would you like to review this movie, Mr. Critic? It's like, yeah, what's it called? Age of Ultron. Yeah. It's like, okay. Have you seen any of the movies before it? Nah. Well, then you're not going to like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> should we fix Mortal Kombat? Let's should, do it. Should we? Yeah. Bloop. How did you um, cross that threshold? How did you walk over that bar, Tim? I made a movie. <laughs> Problem solved. Before, before I get into talking about what I did... Yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a bit about what I didn't do. Oh, shit the bed. Make, make a shit <laughs> film. <laughs> so, obviously, this has been the, the unofficial season of crossovers. Yes. Yes. I was tempted to do a crossover. I did not do a crossover. I was... There I were two, a smart move. There were two things that I could have done. One was wait until the uh, game publisher was acquired by Warner Brothers. Yep. and do a DC versus Mortal Kombat, which the oh. game the game has been made of. Yeah. But that doesn't happen until about 2010, I think. And yeah, it would I, I, I felt I'm not striking quite as quickly as uh, as Larry does, but I wanted to <laughs> have on, this Larry. be an actual sequel to the nineties uh, thing to the 90, to the Mortal Kombat rather than waiting and essentially doing a reboot or whatever. So. Mm. Um, Sticking in the 90s, in theory, I could have done a crossover with Street Fighter. Yeah. Obviously, different publishers, there's a whole kind of, you know, rivalry there with it. Are you getting Jean-Claude involved as well? You can always strike a deal. The other thing there was, 
I couldn't imagine doing that without Raul Julia. Yes. And obviously Very he true. dies, yes. you know, shortly, enough, yeah. shortly yeah. afterwards. And so yeah, yeah. I just, I kind of, I, I didn't want to do that without that because that his performance is the best thing, one of the he's, few good yeah, things about that easily film. the best thing about that film. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the territorial nature of the 90s, your Nintendo or your Sega, mm. your PlayStation or your or something else like that. It's, it's, it's you, you have your striking and like you do mm. now with Marvel and DC, you strike your banner. Mm. Nothing else. It was the same with the fighting games. It, yeah. it, I don't I think as much as it makes sense to try possibly as an entertaining sort of fantasy crossover, mm. Mortal Kombat films fans would say that's a disservice. And Street Fighter fans would be like, nah, I don't need it. It's too dark for what the, the tone they're striking. I, and you would have yeah. brought one down. The other. I think, yeah, you're why. I, mean, I can see why you would want it to, but there's so much lore, so much canon as there is. I don't think it needed it personally. I, yeah. I think you're right to stick with just Mortal Kombat stuff. Yeah, that's the thing. There is so much lore, even in the first few games to deal with in Mortal Kombat, that to bring in a crossover is just going to be, there's going to be so much going on. There's already prepare you there's already a lot going on here <laughs> it's like, um, it's like how are we gonna follow up iron man 2 end game yeah like, that feels like too much um also i've done i've done a matthew oh and by that i mean uh there's not just one film here i've made it a mortal kombat trilogy yes again season finale double pitch it's yeah. precedent for it because Robin Chow, or Chow, sorry, he, he had been on a contract to do three films. It that was, was the, yep. the deal. So this makes complete fucking sense. Yeah. I should tell you, my, my two titles are mm. 1998's Mortal Kombat Fatality. Love it. <laughs> Love it. And 2000... Don't you dare do Mortal Kombat Flawless Victory. <laughs> uh, 2002's Mortal Kombat Ascension. Interesting. So you've left 95, an interesting gap between 98 them. and 2002. Mm -hmm. You're literally sandwiching it between the release of The Matrix. Mm. And that, that, that shouldn't be an impactful thing, but it is. And that's interesting mm. because I think that will be the sort of like, you know, the wire work kung fu sort of stuff does come back for the public. So they're like, oh mm. shit, there's another more combat film? Yeah, great. Mm. Very interesting. Very interesting. So. As we said, this season we started the process of, of nobody looks at the pitches beforehand. Yeah, right. I have a director pick where I was like, I don't even want to write this in the document because I want to get your reactions in real time. And I, you know, oh my occasionally people will look ahead. I'm so worried. So on am, sequelizers, so hyped. we like to sort of dance between the raindrops. We like to try and pick directors and actors so that it's not going to disrupt their career too much to make a certain film at a certain time. I have not done this here. Good. I'm keeping You're Stanley Kubrick alive <laughs> to give him his true vision. You're rewriting the timeline here. Tim. I am rewriting the timeline. I am. Once I reveal who it is, you will understand why this is such a shift in, basically in kind of pop culture. <laughs> Holy not shit. To, not to hope yourself up too much, but you know. Yeah. Silly question. This is the same director for these two films. It's the same director for oh, both films. Oh, interesting. Okay, okay. Okay, okay. So I kind of had a list in my brain of what I wanted the director to be able to do. And there were a few other people I considered, but I kept and because I this this idea came to me very quickly and I was like, I can't do that. That's too mad. But or then I kept I? coming back to it. <laughs> So the other people this is I considered. A finale all over, isn't it? The other people I considered were Rob Cohen, 
yeah. who okay. uh, yeah. did uh, the th- the things that jumped out to me from his his CV essentially mm. were he did Dragonheart, yes, which obviously there's a lot of kind of fantasy elements in Mortal Kombat, and he yep. also did mentioned earlier that I had the uh, video game version of this Dragon the Bruce Lee story, mm-hmm. and so has martial arts shops. I then looked at his Wikipedia entry and saw he had a heading marked sexual assault uh, allegations. And so I was yeah. like, not giving this guy a job. Of us nope. casting people and stuff in 2020. Yeah. Yep. We talked about uh, that a lot previously. <laughs> uh, the, yep. other, the other person I considered was Wolfgang Peterson. Mm. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, mainly for Troy. Um, because yeah. I think the, yes. the Hector Achilles fight in that is really good and, and you want someone. Wolfgang Peterson, Master of the Sea, with yes. Death Boot, Troy, and the Perfect <laughs> Storm. And you're like, do you, stay away from the sea. I'll also yeah. do Never Ending Story. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. They, these are interesting choices so far. Yeah. So, yeah. I would be happy with either. Well, mm. obviously, fuck Cohen, but I, I, I would be happy with the idea of the selection, shall mm. we say. My my kind of hit list of requirements. I wanted someone who could work on a reasonably tight budget. Okay, makes because sense. Because Mortal Kombat, even though it made about a hundred million, it was on a budget of about twenty. Yeah. Yeah. Annihilation yeah. got more money. It got thirty million. Which, for comparison, around that time, you're looking at films like Speed, Twelve Monkeys, Dark City. Those were all made on roughly the same oh, budget. It's, it's only half the budget of Jurassic Park, which was one of the most expensive films of that. Fuck yeah. Now. So, yeah. And it annihilation looks like garbage when you consider that's the budget yeah, it had four but, years later. Like, but it's still you. I I wanted someone who could squeeze every penny out of of a budget. Yes, yes, makes sense. I wanted someone who could work with big ensembles. Okay. I wanted someone who could handle fantasy. Okay. And so I wanted, far, I'm hearing Uwe Boll. Carry on. <laughs> and the I wanted boy. someone who could handle horror elements. Because I'm not doing a super like horror tinged version, mm. but it's more to co- uh, and even though it's surprisingly horror, they kind of just it, yeah, ignore that yeah. bit, don't they? With like Baraka and, and with his big mouth. Tim, are you about to say Paul? Stuff. Are you about to say Paul W S Anderson? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not quite. Yeah, because I, I, I'm not going like I'm not turning these into like hard arm Mortal Kombat things. But I wanted someone mm. who could do that kind of like PG, almost like Indiana Jones kind of like horror elements. The kind of shit that's like, oh, it's really cool. I'm a tough kid. Like, no, you're not. Shut the yeah. fuck up. <laughs> yeah, the kind of thing that would be would be weirdly scary when you're ten, but when you're fourteen, you're just like, that's fucking cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the choice that I have made for director okay. for these two films, drum roll, please, is Peter Jackson. Oh my god! Wow! Wow! Yes! Yes! Wow! I immediately don't hate it that is very interesting 90s peter jackson oh, makes so much sense i already see what he's done here i know what you've done tim you've erased lord of the rings and i don't I know if i can allow that lord of the rings. i don't know if i can allow that tim. <laughs> you have sacrificed That's against the rules the, what's that phrase about bringing the uh for the greater uh, good <laughs> bring bring the neck of your 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 heroes to be sacrificed on the altar of progress effectively it's like we need lord of the rings to die so mortal combat can, can live. live and it's oh like god i'm, gonna, I'm, I'm just going out there. Right. that's not a sacrifice i'm willing to make that is a huge <laughs> no offense, shift Tim, oh my huge god. shift in 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 basically so the 20 plan. years that follows <laughs> are we suggesting that the mortal combat trilogy becomes the influential cinematic masterpiece that lord of the rings becomes no i, I mean we, we got, with... have you got andy circus and doing like revolutionary <laughs> mocap no, I, I think this means that um, <laughs> Peter Jackson stays on that indie grunge sort of side of things. Interesting, I yeah. He, I don't think Pulling he becomes up the Brain Dead and all that kind of stuff. 
And I mm. think Mortal, I don't think Lord of the Rings gets optioned for a long. Well, it must be just handled by someone else. I don't know. I don't know. Like I say, I have thrown Modern. us into a different leg of the trousers of time. I'm so intrigued. It, the thing is, though, if you with hindsight, you think, well, hang on, that statue, like we did with the alternate universe. What, what if Tim's exact moment? What if um, George Lucas did a Flash Gordon thing rather than Star Wars, which is what mm. he wanted to do initially? the whole cinematic landscape changes. Now, that's arguably true for 20 years now, looking back at Peter Jackson's career, but Heavenly Creatures and... I guess he's just done the Frighteners at this point. He'd be coming off the Frighteners. Yeah, of course. It's it's a fucking genius pick. It's actually exactly what I would do if you were in the early 2000s thinking, yeah, before he does Lord of the Rings. But if you live in a world like, can you imagine a world where the first Mario Brothers movie came out and it was really good and it started what is basically, you know, we now have in in 2006 the Smash Brothers universe. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's now, it's, you know, it's as big as the MCU kind of thing. It's like, no, I don't understand what you mean. There's an alternate universe where that happens. I think Tim has kind of crafted that. Oh it makes sense. But we know what we're sacrificing <laughs> yeah. to get there. In this alternate timeline where Lord of the Rings never happens or is done by somebody else or whatever it is. Mm. Or made, it totally you know, 10 sense. years later by Peter Jackson. Yeah. Well, yeah, he does that instead of the Hobbit trilogy. Mm. And the Hobbit that trilogy is... never get made. There we go. That's the <laughs> timeline I'm happy with. Yeah. He, he, go, he eventually does Lord of the Rings in like 2009 to 2011. Still back to back for some reason because <laughs> mm. he's mad. And then the Hobbit films never get made. Perfect. Sign me that up. That is fascinating. That is fascinating. God, that's intriguing. The, oh. the domino effect of that. It's like anything. Oh. If you take one, one, Small piece out of time. My cheeks makes hurt from smiling. That's how, I, that's how exciting. <laughs> that's very interesting. And again, I can't. I can't say. Okay, there are times when you go, "Who are you getting to do this film?" I'm getting John Woo. Oh, that's fucking genius. Well done. <laughs> Tip your hat to you, sir. I'm getting Peter Jackson, and it sounds so bold, but it, it's that. As Tim has said, you you say I can't do that, and then you circle <laughs> back to say. I have to do that. Yeah. I can do what <laughs> I, think, I want. It's equalizes. Yeah, I think we've already we've all had those ones. We've we've got the compromise thing. We're like, I have to do. Mm. I can't not do a three hundred film without fucking Zack Snyder. And you're like, Don't remind oh, me, Matthew. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, for 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 the sacrifice of history, oh, I would if you if you said to if you said to Peter Jackson, I'm giving you this huge contract. Mm. I think he'd definitely fucking do it, and he'd mm. do a good job with it. God. Tim, Tim. So this is so an interesting in- season so finale. Intrigued. <laughs> I, I love sequelizing. Um, <laughs> and I think we're going to have to have some, uh, unless you're going to about to literally just cut my fucking legs out with some of the cast. <laughs> but um, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. Um, and so the other, the, the other nice thing about using Peter Jackson is we're, we're going to, there's going to be a lot of shooting in New Zealand with this and using Yay. the amazing locations there. New yeah, Zealand so. looks incredible on camera and in real yeah. life, I assume yeah, as well. I've never been. Yeah. <laughs> you get there and it's like, oh, Disappointing. <laughs> it's all in 2D. This is so weird. All the mountains are just flat. <laughs> <laughs> Who's playing so, all these roles? They're all played by Carl Urban. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As they should be. Right. So let's get into mm. Mortal Kombat Fatality. I'm literally rubbing my hands together with anticipation. Very good. Very good. This Returning is fuck- cost. This is a fucking finale right here, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. <laughs> this is a fucking finale. Uh, Returning cost. So unlike Annihilation, I am bringing back. The core cast, all the of main. Them. Okay, yeah, that makes. So sense. we have Christopher Lambert as I'm Lord Raiden. No. <laughs> 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 Sorry, <laughs> that is the best bit. You're all going to have to fight for your lives. <laughs> Sorry, 
<laughs> the weirdest line delivery. Oh, in the he's so weird, but, so but I love it. But you have to bring him back because yeah. Best. yeah, okay. Yeah. Not having James Ramar, that's fucking yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh Robin Shu as Liu Kang. Mm-hmm. Lyndon Ashby as Johnny Cage. Okay. Bridget Wilson Sampras as Sonya Blade. Talisa Soto as Katana. And I'm also bringing back Kari, uh, Kari Hiroyuka Tagawa as Shang Tsung. Your nice. soul is mine. Yes. Okay. Yes. Cool. So, okay. new Makes cast. So <laughs> Insert coin and he reappears. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> as Shao Kahn, a.k.a. the Emperor of Outworld. Yes. Tamura Morrison. Oh, very good. So for those of you who don't recognise that name, that's fucking Django Fett. Boba yeah. Fett. From Speed 2. From Speed <laughs> We told Speed you it was Speed 2. Speed 2. Morrison. Yeah. Oh uh, so at, the, at this point, he's done uh, Once Were Warriors, Barb Wire, and Speed 2 Cruise Control. <laughs> Goes on to be... Uh, we don't in, talk about that one, Tim. We, yeah. <laughs> uh, Attack of the Clones, uh, and is the dad in both Moana and Aquaman. Yep. He is the dad in Aquaman. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. of course. Um, and again, Peter Jackson, we're going to be using some some perspective some, tricks some to make this guy look like he's Enormous. like eight Brilliant. foot tall. Brilliant! God, this is going to be interesting. Funnily enough, when I said you got to shoot it with perspective and stuff, I almost yeah. said just let it do the Gandalf on Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you make Shao Kahn look tall. And then Tim went, "Who yeah, did that?" That's exactly <laughs> what I'm doing. I like that that was your prime motivator. I was like, how do I make Shao Kahn look better? Exactly. Yeah. They did it on Lord of the Rings. It has to be Peter Jackson. That's the Peter only way Jackson. I can do perspective shots. Yeah. <laughs> Playing Shao Kahn. Ian McKellen. Tom Cruise. <laughs> Martin Freeman, who's 5'4". Yeah. Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go. All right, who's next? Okay, as Sindel, Michelle Yao. Yes. Returning We're all about her on the show. Tiger, Hidden Dragon. We- yep. Talk I think we cast her in times. every fucking season. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we have just have a Michelle Yao season where we just put her in everything. Yeah. She's the we, best. We, we already have. <laughs> uh, so she's just done Tomorrow Never Dies at this point. Um, obviously yeah, goes on to do Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon uh, and many other amazing roles. Mm-hmm. As Kuai Liang, a.k.a. the second Sub-Zero, mm-hmm. uh, we have Russell Wong. Oh, yeah. Who... Uh, He's in stuff like uh, he shows up in New Jack City and the Joy Luck Club. Uh, did the Vanishing Sun series. Mm-hmm. Goes on to be in Romeo Must Die. That's he was actually one of the people who was considered for Liu Kang in the original film. Oh, interesting! Really? Um, so I've I've brought him back to be. He's a very attractive man. If I remember he is correctly. a very <laughs> handsome chap. Yep. As Jackson Jacks Briggs, uh, I have. Chuck Jeffries, uh, who is primarily known as a stuntman. Um, okay. He's got a small role in 12 Monkeys. Um, he does homicide life on the street after this. But he was he did stunts for things like uh, Stargate and Natural Born Killers. Goes on to be stunt coordinator for Blade. Uh, he's the fight coordinator for the Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Yeah, nice. that, that's where I know him from, from Blade yeah. and stuff, my research on Blade. Mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. also did a full motion video game back in the like yes. mid 90s oh. as well where it's yeah. I remember he's a very absolutely mad tall burly mustache black yes. dude yes. the the energy Looks appropriate for the character the yeah. energy i wanted and if he'd have been 10 years younger it's who i would have picked was the guy who played uh sergeant apone in uh, aliens oh, oh nice yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, al someone i can't remember his surname um yes. but yes uh as quan chi uh i have mako 
Oh, fuck me. Who people may know from uh, Robocop 3, Conan the Destroyer. Uh, goes on to be he's uh, Admiral Yamamoto in Pearl Harbor. Yeah. He's also the voice of Uncle Iro in Avatar: The Last Airbender, and and Aku in Samurai Jack. And Aku in Samurai him. Jack. That's yes. my my touchstone with. He with he's Mako. so good as as Iro in uh, um, Avatar. They end up naming a character after him, and it's been it's, it's just yeah oh, yeah one yeah. of the best great. voices like ever. Yeah, he's amazing. Mm-hmm. He's just distinct. Great craggy, but yeah, kind of, but yeah. He's also in uh, the Conan films as well. Yes, yeah, yep. the, the the evil wizard in in yep. Conan. Yeah, love it. Good choice. Yeah, love it. As Cabal, <laughs> brilliant. Yeah, we've got Quan Chi and Cabal. Now we're talking yeah. to him. Yes, I've actually done a gender swap for this one. Oh, oh, here we go. Interesting. And this I'm bringing in, dude. Yeah, I'm bringing in Cynthia Rothrock, who was one of the inspirations for Sonya Blade. Yes. <laughs> Did, didn't uh, Very didn't Stuart and Alec use her in a previous season or something? I feel like they oh, brought her in something else. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a very Stuart choice. It feels like it. Yeah, as I was going to say, I remember her because she's, she's in a lot of martial arts, so like mm. uh, crossover films like that. But uh, yeah, yeah, she's, yeah. she uh, co-stars with uh, Michelle Yao in uh, Yes, Madam. Of course she does. Yes, oh, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, that makes complete sense. Mm-hmm. Also a nice uh, nod. Uh, as Jade... Mm-hmm. I have uh, Shilpa Shetty. Wow. Oh, nice. Who is uh, mainly a Bollywood star at this point. Yeah, yeah she is, yeah. B- British people may know her from uh, a season of Celebrity Big Brother where she was yeah. horribly bullied by some racist assholes, including oh, yeah. Jade Goody. Yeah. B- racial abuse, which was uh, swung as, that's all right, isn't it? You can, it's, it's the classic, you can call someone out. It's like, don't think you can name someone after the food that their nation sort yeah. of eats that you think they eat. That's... In fact, it's horribly insulting. It's like, yeah, yeah. but she'll worry about it laughing. It's like, no, it's called racism, motherfucker. She, yeah. she won it in, in the end, didn't she? She did. She, yeah, she won it. Yeah. Uh, she's also a black belt uh, in karate. Oh, is she really? That's yeah. awesome. Which okay. I don't know if she gets, I don't know when she gets that, like when she starts studying martial she arts. But she has the ability to get it. Exactly. She has the capability. Yes. Um, and finally, uh, as Nightwolf. <laughs> Brilliant. Rodney Grant. Um, who oh. was in Dances with Wolves? Uh, oh, he was in yes. Geronimo, an American legend. Yes, yes. Goes on to be in Wild Wild West uh, and Ghosts of Mars. Ghosts of Mars, where I tend to know him from in Dances with Wolves. Yeah, yeah, yeah Dances yeah, with Wolves is my, my touchdown for him for sure. Okay, okay. There, there are several other characters named in the pitch, but they will basically be they they don't have a big enough mm-hmm. impact that. I like bought have, have yeah, a Cyrax yeah. where he's just a robot or whatever. Like, yeah, for, exactly. for example, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's, so, it's, it's Peter Jackson. He'll get someone who will eventually have a huge career because they were in this yeah. movie, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but for the most part, you're looking for capability in in doing stunts and stuff. So, nice. it's, which you know. is the right move to do when you're doing a film of this nature? Yeah, mm-hmm. perfect. Good. And then, and then a final note for this film: the Mortal Kombat theme will be remixed by the Propeller Heads. <laughs> Fucking hell. If that's God. not the most Tim mass edition. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> See, I love the thing, it's like, Tim, this is this is a fucking banger. You've done really well. And then Tim says, right, I made another bold choice. There's no fighting in this movie. And like, yeah. Tim, you, fu- you, you fucked it, Tim. Um- <laughs> it's just all the friendship endings, you know, yeah. instead of fatalities. Uh, at the same time, I end up crying at the end of the pitch saying, Tim, you've done it. <laughs> yeah. So I've gone from Paul W.S. Anderson to Wes Anderson. And it's, yeah. like this really, <laughs> it's this really quirky, emotional yeah. piece about the dysfunctional family of martial and artists. And then we go who... to Paul Thomas Anderson, and it's a different sort of story <laughs> See, entirely. The Anderson trilogy, of yeah. course. See, if it was Wes Anderson, he'd get the, like, 
you know, flat background, everybody everybody moving in parallel to the camera. Yeah, yeah, Perfect. Yeah. yeah. But what did Quan Chi whisper into Shang Tsung's ma- ear at the end of it? We'll never know. <laughs> His mouth. <laughs> oh, lost in Outworld. We'll yeah. never know. So let's get into it. Okay. Okay, I'm ready. The movie opens in Shao Kahn's fortress, where a servant informs the emperor that Shang Tsung has died. Shao Kahn rips the servant's head from his body, then calls for Quan Chi. He tells his necromancer to retrieve Shang Tsung's soul from the nether realm and resurrect him. Quan Chi does as instructed, and Khan announces that he has waited too long to conquer Earthrealm by the Elder God's rules, and will do it his own way. Okay, makes sense so far. Oh, yeah. opening. Yeah. It's good. I assume yeah. that's when your logo comes in and shit. I'll tell you when the damn logo comes oh, in. Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. Oh. oh, here we go. You're doing a me where I have a title page that I oh, just didn't. All right, okay. Okay, cool. I hope it's you know, You're not now. starting off <laughs> exactly the same as the first film and confusing <laughs> everybody. Fair okay. enough. Bold choice. Quan Chi warns that the Elder God's commandments cannot be broken. Oh, I see the film, is, the scene's continuing, sorry. <laughs> to which Khan responds that in his mighty hand, even the steel of the gods can be bent. That's a fucking good line. Khan retrieves this large crystal from his throne in which the screaming face of a woman can be seen. He hands the gem to Shang and Quan Chi, telling them to prepare their magics. As the emperor walks away, Quan Chi whispers to Shang that the sorcerer is in his debt. And that while he may have lost the souls previously under his command, he still knows the secrets they held in life. Hmm. Standing at a large window, Shao Kahn stares out across Outworld and hefts his large warhammer into his hands, eager for blood. Is is he wearing the mask and stuff? Pants. Yes. He I never takes that. the mask off. Correct yes! fucking answer. There we go. <laughs> it's dread, not Joe's dread. Yeah. <laughs> it's Carl Urban, not Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> I am the law. Exactly. I'm the emperor, I guess. I am the mortal combat. <laughs> <laughs> On Earth, we replay the end of Mortal Kombat. I assume the first film. Yes. As Liu Kang, Katana, Johnny Cage, Sonya Blade and Raiden celebrate at the Shaolin Temple. They are interrupted by the figure of the emperor erupting through the temple. As the heroes prepare to fight, the emperor's portal to Outworld destroys the temple, creating a huge vortex. The heroes try to seek cover, but Liu Kang and Johnny Cage are sucked in, vanishing into the swirling gateway. As Liu's scream echoes, the screen cuts to black, and now the logo appears. Oh, I'm ready, okay. Mortal Kombat. As the chaos of the vortex continues to wreak havoc, Raiden, Katana and Sonya attempt to seek cover in the ruins of the temple with the few remaining monks. Shao Kahn strides through the portal, announcing his plans to kill Raiden, then conquer Earthrealm. Raiden prepares to face Khan, but the monks tell him he must survive to lead Earth's defenders. A pair of the monks, one wearing armour and a sharp-rimmed hat, <laughs> the, wow, nice. the other, an African-American man painted with white tiger stripes, hey, nice. mm-hmm. uh, go to delay the Emperor while Raiden attempts to teleport <laughs> through the magical maelstrom caused by the Vortex. Nice. The two Shaolin warriors, Kung Lao and Kai, attack the Emperor but prove no match for him. Kung Lao is thrown aside by Khan, badly beaten, while Kai is killed with a heavy blow from the Emperor's Warhammer, set in the fucking scene. As Khan closes in on them, Raiden struggles to summon his lightning. Oh, you know. We've all been there. (laughs) I haven't, but fine. But just as the Emperor, I mean, I'm I'm there as Christopher Lambert. Have you ever seen him? (laughs) Peak of masculine. But just, 
<laughs> I'm having problems, friends. But just as the Emperor crashes through the temple walls, shattering them, he manages to teleport himself, Katana, and Sonya away. Liu Kang and Johnny Cage drop from the vortex onto a hill in Outworld, and unable to find any way to return home, they decide to head towards a distant village. As they walk, Cage tells Liu he should probably get used to this sort of thing, being the chosen one and all. Hmm. Liu admits he hadn't really thought about that, what it meant for him beyond winning the Mortal Kombat tournament, and that part of him just wants to return to his life in the US. The pair continue to chat as they head out across Outworld. Raiden, Sonya Blade and Katana arrive in Deacon City, Sonya Blade's home. The, that name is taken from the Mortal Kombat kind of web series mm -hmm. uh, that was made a few years ago. Yep. Because um, they don't really name any of the cities in the games it's before that. Earth so. Realm. Yeah. As a whole. Once again, Tim has, uh, much like the YouTube thing, read all the Halo novels and therefore yes. has all the lore. <laughs> <laughs> Raiden tells them to rally the warriors of Earth for the coming war and that he must commune with the Elder Gods, disappearing in a flash of lightning. Sonya and Katana make their way through the city to the Special Forces base in Deacon City's Federal Building, and Katana has some fun fish-out-of-water moments on the way. Good. The pair, reach the, special yeah. the pair reach the Special Forces HQ, where Sonya reunites with her superior, Major Jackson Briggs, a.k.a. Jax. Jax demands an explanation for where Blade has been, but as she begins to explain, she notices a dark-haired woman in one of the Special Forces offices. Sonya crosses the office to attack the woman, yelling that she swore she would kill her if she ever saw her again. Jax interrupts the fight, explaining that the woman, Cabal, has betrayed the Black Dragon Syndicate and is now acting as an informant. Black Dragon, Tim, is that a thing? Uh, yes, that is the, uh, the organisation that Kano belongs to, and Cabal, in the, Thanks, in the games. The Black Dragons are selling stolen technology to an unknown buyer, and Jax, Cabal, and the other Special Forces officers are about to raid the sale. Distracted by this new information, Sonya insists on joining the assault and leaves a confused Katana behind, telling her to talk to one of Sonya's superiors in the meantime. Raiden arrives at his Sky Temple and communes with the Elder Gods, who explain that Shao Kahn has broken no rules in his attack on Earthrealm. Confused, Raiden asks for more information, but the Elder Gods say they cannot interfere. As Raiden exits the Elder Gods' chambers, he encounters a blue-clad ninja escaping the temple with an amulet. Interesting. They briefly fight, and Raiden realises the ninja is not the same Sub-Zero who was part of the Mortal Kombat tournament. The ninja removes his mask and explains he is Kui Liang, brother of Bihan, and has taken on the mantle of Sub-Zero. Raiden says he was disappointed that the Lin Kuei fought for Outworld in Mortal Kombat, and Sub-Zero replies that after the recent death of their Grandmaster, the Lin Kuei have made many changes, but still have old obligations they must fulfil. Raiden appeals to Kuai Liang, saying that the Lin Kuei were once powerful defenders of Earth. Sub-Zero looks conflicted, but says that the clan now looks to the future and the past is to be forgotten. He manages to escape from Raiden, leaping from the Sky Temple toward the snowy mountain below. He's already had more screen time in this one than he has. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And more character development too, fucking hell. Oh, way more dialogue and character development, yeah. yeah. He was my brother. See you later, never yeah. again. <laughs> At the ruined Shaolin Temple, Shang Tsung and Quan Chi cross through the vortex to Earthrealm. Meeting with the Emperor, they explain that plans are in motion to secure his conquest of Earth. However, with the Emperor's army preparing to travel to Earth, Edenian rebels on Outworld are taking advantage of their absence. Shang Tsung suggests it may be time to unleash the creation he has been working on in his 
flesh pits. Ooh, that's not a word I ever want to hear again. <laughs> Tim, Tim, is that a canon thing that, as well? That's a canon that's thing. That's a thing. <laughs> Which the Emperor approves before striding off to destroy an incoming attack by Earth's military. Uh, every time a weird, creepy thing happens. Like, is that Tim, a thing? is yeah, that a, a thing? No, thanks, Tim. Yeah. Uh, Tim uh, just, yeah, we're going to get to one and goes, Tim goes, no, that was me. You made flesh pits? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a Matum original. That's what that yeah, is. Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, he, this character comes up with their two penises. Tim? No, that's me. Horny Tim of course is it is, Tim. <laughs> Horny Tim and the Flesh Pits, my new favourite metal. <laughs> oh dear. On Outworld, Liu Kang and Johnny Cage arrive at the village and attempt to talk to the peasants who live there, with little success. <clears throat> the pair are interrupted when a patrol of Takatan soldiers, that's the species that Baraka is, isn't it? Yes, I, yeah. I am. I'm... I. Baraka's about to show up. Oh. I'm going to have him be the only one who has the arm blades okay, things cool. to distinguish him. Still have, the, still have the mouth and stuff. They He's still cooler. Yeah. yeah, they still have the horrible mouth. Big reptile thing. Arrives on horseback, led by Baraka. There we go. Sorry. I <laughs> and a woman in green armor. Ooh. Mm. As the Takatans terrorize the villagers, Lou and Johnny defend them, defeating several soldiers, but struggling against the savage Baraka and his... Deadpool style arm yes. blades. Stupid fucking arm blades. <laughs> Aforementioned X Men Origins Wolverine Deadpool's yes. arm blades. <laughs> but he's got he's got a big mouth rather than no mouth. That's true, <laughs> actually. Yeah, yeah. He's the merc with a big mouth. When Liu Kang once again uses the energy blast he defeated Shang Tsung with, the woman in green looks surprised. Mm. She helps the pair defeat Baraka, then introduces herself as Jade, Princess Katana's bodyguard and says so she recognises Liu Kang as the Earthrealm's defender, mentioned in the Adenian prophecies. Liu and Johnny explain they need to get back to Earth, and Jay promises to lead them to someone who can help. At the Special Forces HQ, Katana grows frustrated with being ignored and leaves, wandering through Deacon City. She encounters a Lin Kuei ninja, who bows to her and tells her that the Emperor has resurrected her mother Sidel here on Earth. As Shao Kahn's wife, her presence here has allowed him to reclaim her in quotation marks mm. uh, the ninja explains that she is being guarded by another faction of the Lin Kuei while her resurrection completes but if Katana can rescue her she may be able to halt the invasion the ninja named Smoke hey, oh, nice. Smoke, nice. leads Katana to a high tech facility and the pair attempt to break in they are noticed by Sonya Blade and Jax who are preparing to raid the building which is the site of the Black Dragon's weapon sale hey! mm-hmm. all makes sense yep with their hand forced, the group assaults the building, encountering both Black Dragons members and Lin Kuei ninjas. It's a fucking cool scene. Um, there are heavy casualties on both sides, and Sonya is almost caught in an explosion, but is shoved clear by Cabal, who is badly burned in the process. So I was going to ask this earlier, mm. and I thought, I know what Tim's doing here. <laughs> and, I, and I was right. I was going to say, oh, has Cabal got all the like cybernetic stuff? No, she hasn't. She's going to get it. She's going to get him. Yeah. I, I, not again, not to spoil the thing. I assume Jax is just a normal bloke at this point. He is, yes. Yes, oh, yeah, he is. Yeah, he robo is. time. Here we go. He's not going to just put some sleeves on and have some fun. Have yeah, a reason for the robo stuff. <laughs> at the Vortex, Sub Zero delivers the amulet he stole to Quan Chi and tells him that the Lin Kuei debt to the Necromancer is now fulfilled. Quan Chi tells him that he shouldn't be so sure and many of the Lin Kuei would be happy to serve someone with real vision. After Sub-Zero departs, Quan Chi hands the amulet to a wraith-like ninja. Yes, Tim! <laughs> telling him to take him to the nether realm. Yes! So good! I'm on board. 
In Deacon City, the Black Dragons flee as the Lin Kuei withdraw deeper within the facility. The heroes follow, discovering an ancient temple hidden beneath the building, now outfitted with high-tech upgrades. They see several Lin Kuei ninjas transforming themselves into robotic forms, while others are forced to undergo the process by completed cyborgs. Sonya, Jax and Smoke attempt to stealthily disable the technology, while Kitana sneaks further into the temple. Again, my cheeks hurt from smiling. I'm, I'm loving this. <laughs> Kitana finds her mother held in suspended animation. She defeats the guards and attempts to wake Sandal. <laughs> you were not. Um, <laughs> at the cyber conversion chamber, that's a sentence. <laughs> Sonya, Jax, and Smoke are attacked by Cyrax and Sector. Yeah, nice. Two of the robotic Lin Kuei. Smoke attempts to appeal to Cyrax's humanity, having seen him be forcibly converted, but Cyrax kills him! Oh, shit. And Sector crushes Jax's arms. There oh, we no. Go. That's Jax out of the film, I guess. Oh, <laughs> Horribly off, injuring him. Yep. How is he going to fight? <laughs> Below, Kitana manages to awaken her mother, but Sindel doesn't recognize Kitana and is cold and cruel and probably well acted. She <laughs> unleashes a powerful sonic scream, damaging the temple, and she and the cyber ninjas depart, flying out of the building as it starts to collapse. Again, I assume the Sonic Scream looks good, unlike the classic. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On Outworld, Lou, Johnny, and Jade arrive at the home of Nightwolf, and Jade reveals that he is originally from Earth. Nightwolf explains that his people, the Makota, have known the secrets of the realms for hundreds of years and found ways to travel there. Travel here. And found ways to travel here. As the latest shaman of his tribe, it is his job to keep watch in Outworld. Lou tells him that Shao Kahn has invaded Earth and they need to return there, but Nightwolf says that the path home is dangerous and cannot be opened for several hours. You must do one and a half tests. (laughs) (laughs) No more, no less. You will wake up in the snow and then have very bad... Sorry, I'm writing my own pitch here. (laughs) While they wait... Nightwolf talks with Lou, explaining that his emerging powers are linked to the Jinsei, the life force of Earth. In the collapsing temple, Kitana reunites with the others, heartbroken by her mother's corruption. With Jax badly injured and close to death, Sonya attempts to heal him using the cyber conversion equipment. As the machine scans his injuries and begins to work, Kitana and Sonya attempt to find a path to the surface. They are nearly crushed by a cave-in, but saved by the recovered Jax, whose arms have been upgraded with cyborg implants. Fuck yeah, they have. With his newly enhanced strength, the trio are able to escape the temple and head back to Special Forces HQ. On Outworld, Lou, Johnny, Jade and Nightwolf travel to a foreboding canyon where a portal back to Earthrealm lies within a narrow crevice. Nightwolf explains that Lou must go first to open the pathway. As he makes his way through the passage, Lou is attacked by phantoms that cause gashes to appear on his skin. But he reaches the end of the path where a glowing sigil appears on the rock wall. Outside, Johnny Cage remarks how eager he is for this nonsense to be over. But Nightwolf chuckles, saying that Johnny's destiny is far from done. Summoning the Jinsei energy once again, Lou punches the symbol and the portal opens, transporting the group to Raiden's Sky Temple. Is the symbol the dragon symbol? Quite possibly, yes. <laughs> the symbol is, for some reason, the logo for Capri Sun. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, a series of uh, it's a series of arrows. Uh, so it goes up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right. <laughs> ba start. There we go. There we now go. we're talking. Raiden welcomes Lou and Johnny home, and the pair introduce him to Jade and Nightwolf, who Raiden clearly recognises. 
He updates the group saying that the Vortex is almost stable enough to allow Shao Kahn's armies to invade Earthrealm. With little time to spare, Raiden transports the group to Deacon City and they reunite with Sonya, Kitana and the others. As the groups fill each other in on what has happened, Sub-Zero appears, saying that Quan Chi's manipulations have shattered the Lin Kuei and he will stand with them against Outworld. Yeah. <laughs> I added the yeah there, folks. Tim, Tim didn't put yeah. Yeah. Raiden transports the warriors close to the Vortex and they make their way through the ruins towards Shao Kahn. The cyborg Lin Kuei attack and Jax, Jade, Nightwolf and Sub-Zero hold them off while the others head forward. At the base of the Vortex, Shao Kahn and Sindel watch as the Outworld army begins to emerge, led by Shiva and Mataro, and with hundreds of warriors following. The heroes attack with face-offs between Shao Kahn and Liu Kang, Kitana and Sindel, Raiden and Shang Tsung, Sonya Blade and Shiva, and Johnny Cage and Mataro. Right, that's a lot. We get a spin-off called I, Sonya, and it's the Sonya Blade solo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Break her legs. Okay. She gets cybernetic legs. It all works perfectly. Problem solved. Making with those Olympic medals. Raiden and Shang Tsung fight to a deadlock while the other heroes struggle against their superior opponents. Back amongst the ruins, Sub-Zero defeats the cyborg Lin Kuei, allowing Jax, Jade, and Nightwolf to help the others. Jax and Sonya defeat Shiva. Smack her in the arms. Yeah. Drop a big rock on her and be fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> while Jade rescues Johnny Cage from Mataro. Maybe she does like a riding thing and makes him all like <laughs> like a rodeo ship. <laughs> don't do that. That's, that's pony. Don't do that. Shao Kahn threatens to overpower Liu Kang, but Nightwolf saves him at the last moment, suffering a mortal wound. Oh, no. A mortal wound in mortal combat. In his final moments, he tells Liu Kang that his connection to Earth is the key to his power, a force that can heal as well as harm. And transform into, into a big dragon for some reason. <laughs> Form of? You must unleash your animality. Form of a big, big bandage. <laughs> Johnny and Sonya attempt to delay the Emperor, with Johnny shocking himself by pulling off his shadow kick. Yes, the shadow kick move. <laughs> that cool thing. Lou takes advantage of this window and joins Katana in fighting Sindel, delivering a powerful blow that cleanses her of her corruption. That's 90s as fuck. That's 90s as fuck right there. I'll punch the fuck. bad at you. Yeah, punch the bad out of his mother-in-law? Yeah, sure. Eventually. Yeah. With the bond between her and Shao Kahn broken, the vortex closes, pulling the Emperor and his forces back to Outworld. The heroes celebrate their victory as Raiden once again looks on proudly. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. In the nether realm, Quan Chi enters a shadowy temple and bows before a hidden figure, telling them, Our plan nears readiness, my fallen lord. Soon you will be free once more, and all the realms will crumble beneath your wrath. It's Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> you want something done them? right, you've done it. You need to do it yourself. <laughs> exactly. Should we do what we did with the, with the Hogwarts and analyse this one as a, as a standalone to start with? Sure. Yeah, can yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. So, I, okay, first of all, um, I love this as a contained thing. I love it mirrors the the first Mortal Kombat film in that it actually has you know a fight, a conclusion, and then we have the tease for the day. If, 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 in the way that if you if you actually watch Mortal Kombat, it ends on such just like a ridiculous cliffhanger. It's like the, the film isn't over, the story isn't over. But it's like that's just what you would do, apparently. But I like the difference here between ignoring annihilation. Obviously, that's wiped out immediately mm. by this thing because it's so much better. <laughs> There is an interesting thing that carries over that I think improves on what Mortal Kombat did 
in the and I'm going to use a word I probably don't know if I should use. This has actual depth because it treats it with respect. Hmm. And I'm not saying that the Mortal Kombat franchise deserves respect, but it <laughs> treats it in the same way that Peter Jackson again that that casting bit there where that that assignment is crucial because he didn't do like a cash in Lord of the Rings. He was like, no, I need to make this work. This needs to be treated as if it's real. I, I think, think that's that the key across. there because, as we said, Annihilation doesn't really take itself seriously, whereas this feels like it's taking itself seriously mm. in the correct way. You can still have the funny moments with Sonya and Jax mm. and, you know, fish out of water katana, as we said mm. earlier. Like, you get those moments of humour, like you do with Legolas and Gimli. You know, mm. Tosby, don't tell the elf and all that mm. kind of stuff. Mm. There's those funny moments. But that film is like embedded in that law and and those films really care about the world and the characters they're building mm. and taking everything seriously but you can still have those moments of brevity and the epic fights and stuff like that i think you've done a really good job tim of of using jackson to kind of amplify the strengths of your film and kind of combine like you mentioned the big the huge ninja battle i'm like mm. oh right yeah helm's deep he's gonna do a massive <laughs> insane epic battle with these yeah, like yeah. you know hundreds of people clashing and loads of martial mm. arts and cyborg bits flying everywhere and stuff like i couldn't imagine that working like we said the ninja army and annihilation just disappears without being mentioned again yeah and then <laughs> whatever then there's like six people apparently mm. whereas with this one jackson can totally pull that off and it would make sense to have this big epic moment and then also have the isolated martial arts stuff the the counterparts kind of balancing off each other and stuff like that I think that works really, really well. I think that's a really nice balance you've struck there. Yeah, because him and Weeda, Weeda Workshops, he he um has the the computers. Part of the reason where Lord of the Rings came from was like we we had all this stuff to push technology to create the um uh, the Reaper effects of the the, the character mm. in, in in Frighteners and stuff, which it sort of very much becomes a proto version of the Ring Race and stuff. Now I don't think he would go overboard and like, it has to all be CGI like he's done with The Hobbit. I think it'll be yeah. so much practical effects because like it's cheaper and you want to use it where you can to make it work. Mm. Yeah, especially late 90s. There's mm. there's things you still can't do on computers. But like like Annihilation, aside from having a reasonably limited budget, mm. like it has no excuse for looking as crap as it does because Blade came out the same year and you can go and rewatch Blade and the effects pretty uh -huh. much hold up. We, yeah, we did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's, there's so many examples of like, I, I can't stress enough. Thirty million dollars, even today by contemporary standards, not even like if you're talking mm. about the you know the adjustment of inflation, you can do so much with that if you're in any way smart about it. Mm. Um, but if you don't know how to do a film, basically, yeah, um, and you're just like just chuck some money at it, it's like that's really dumb. Um, <laughs> but this has a story, and it, it. Some would say like as as a critique, you could say, well, it's very deep in the lore, and it's very, uh, it's so much going on. There's so many characters, like. Yeah, but I don't feel it's ever gotten away from me. It's really just two separate sides of the same fight. You just—it's not like you're not, like you know. How can I keep track of all this? Like, well, there's the Earth Realm stuff and the Outworld stuff. It's—it's it's, it's not really that hard to gauge where everything is all the time. In the same way, you got like the Luke's on the Death Star and the Ewoks are down there. It's, it's I was going to make the exact same about yeah. the classic Star Wars. Like, it's easy to follow. Of battle kind <clears throat> of thing. Yeah. Precisely, and it's very distinctly visually different, I imagine, as well. That easy enough to because the thing is, I don't think, yeah, big digitally replaced sky, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like purple swirls for like, no fucking reason, fucking Highlander too. But I do think that that there wasn't enough to differentiate them in the in the well, definitely not in Annihilation, but even in like Mortal Kombat, the first one. So I think I'm looking forward to some interesting 
locations and visuals that Jackson would put out there. So, but equally, as this is the thing I was going to sort of ground to. This is the second film in a video game franchise. I say you're not going to be wanting to pull in new people. Well, obviously, you do want people to pull in new people watch the original mm. thing. I'm not saying you're not going to be appealing directly to those people. They're like, oh, and now we need to explain. It's like I like this. Doesn't take the time to talk down to the audience. It's like come with us. You'll see some cool shit. There's a lot of lore. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter for you. You'll yeah. be able to follow what's going on because look, that's her mum. Oh, that's sad. You'll be able to follow that the simple connections. Yeah. You can pretty quickly establish that Shao Kahn is a bad guy when he tears the head off a re- messenger. Yeah. He has a fucking skull mask. <laughs> yeah, yes. It's <laughs> not subtle in its symbolism. <laughs> Precisely. I think you'd definitely... I don't think... The amount of more, uh, more comment, the amount of martial arts in there as well would obviously appease a lot of the fans. Mm. I think for 98, this is really... Yeah, very solid. I think this would... It would, in a way, it would almost elevate the original in the way that I think Skyfall elevates Quantum Solace. Not to a good film, but to a, oh, I can see this as an important step. Or even like Endgame insists on elevating Thor the Dark World. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's more going on here than you think. It's like, yeah, that, that, that works. So yeah, it's, it's, if you stopped here, Tim, and mm. that was your pitch, I'd say that was a really solid fix. Yep. I'm very excited to see what comes yep. next. I kind of want to know if it ends with... Some Mortal Kombat. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, what you, what's, what's your third film? Uh, Ascension, sorry, Ascension. Yes, Mortal Kombat Ascension 2002. Different universe now. Fucking hell. Because in theory, you could have, you could in theory, have Lord of the Rings delayed by a year and just have one Mortal Kombat film. But Tim's like, yeah. no, I'm going to completely wipe this out <laughs> of existence. <laughs> Shit. Um, so, yes, keeping Peter Jackson as director. Basically, ev- everyone who wasn't killed in the last film comes back. Mm. So I won't run through the cast list again, but sure, sure. But, but yeah. Uh, we have a small number of uh, new casting. One I'll get out of the way straight away is uh, Melina is also played by Talissa Soto because she's a clone of Katana. That's a Make, very good idea. Makes sense. Does she have a... Um, uh, what? A weird-ass mouth? I was about to say... You have the you have the cover of the mouth for the new. Are we spoiling that, or do we what's going to happen, or shall we? We're probably see? spoiling it. Uh, I don't think you'll be disappointed. Yeah, oh, there we go. the <laughs> scariest <laughs> scariest blowjob. Uh, as uh, Shinnok. Hey, I've got Guy Pierce. Oh, oh fucking hell! Oh. Now, admittedly, at that point in time, he's an Australian. Of course, he's going to be yeah. on board with Peter Jackson. Guy Pierce doing a two thousand and two. Wow. Well, he yeah. just he's just become big now so he's actually now he's i think done a very memento big... at this point hasn't he he's yeah. done memento it's the same year as the count of monte cristo oh yeah of I course do like it is. Yeah. um and then obviously he goes on to do After stuff like la confidential yeah proposition yeah. and prometheus <laughs> yeah yeah prometheus uh yes so yeah oh, i i thought i'm gonna i'm gonna throw an aussie in there um does this stop him doing the time machine i hope it does yes actually I, that was the thing i was i was like oh yeah we'll replace Brilliant. the time machine you, you keep the count on monte cristo get rid of the time machine that's I'm exactly with that boot that out as uh bihan the original sub-zero oh. mm-hmm. donnie yen yes oh, please damn. tim bringing back the martial arts fucking masters so this is a this would be a busy year for him because he's also in blade 2 and hero uh, oh in my this God. year, oh, the hero is so good, but Blade it's still so good. Obviously, he's done a load of great stuff in Hong Kong. He's done Iron Monkey. He's done the State of Gambles. Oh, yeah, yeah. But like, he's still at a point where he sh- he's when he shows up in Blade Two, he's like, you know, he's 
like twelfth build he, in that he's cast. Just, he's just yeah. one of Ron Perlman's goons, isn't he? Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. Badass guy with a leather jacket in the background. Mm-hmm. As Hanzo Hasashi, aka Scorpion, uh, we have Mark Dacascos. Oh, very interesting. Uh, who had been in Double Dragon, uh, speaking of video game <laughs> adaptations. I know exactly why Tim has added this guy. I mean, I would have added him because of like, uh, I think, oh, Brother the Wolf and things like that. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. You added him, I think, because he's in John Wick 3. <laughs> I mean, I, I liked him before John Wick because oh, I also liked him from, yeah. from Brotherhood of the Wolf. Yes, uh, yes, I think course. he's in Drive as well, isn't he? Uh, yeah, he's, yeah. Uh, he's actually in the Mortal Kombat uh, Legacy he's TV Kung series. Lao he's Legacy. he's yeah. Kung Lao. Uh, yeah. But yeah, he, he's going to be Scorpion. It was uh, more just because I know that Tim loves John Wick. I do. <laughs> He's also in the Crow t- TV series. He is, yes. Oh. He's Eric Draven in He's the Crow Eric TV Draven series. In the Crow TV yeah. series, yeah. Obviously, both him and Donnie Yen, extremely capable uh, martial oh, God, artists. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. No questions. Time yes. me up. Yeah. And then finally, as Tanya uh, Francois Yip, she's been in Rumble in the Bronx. She's also uh, she's... Romeo Must Die again, isn't she? She is, yes, yeah. Did you um... recently watch Romeo Must Die she goes on to be uh in the smallville tv series Uh, she's got a small role in blade trinity uh and she's in avp requiem Mm. she's in alone in the dark as well (laughs) oh my god oh god we won't hold that against her (laughs) no 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 no, no, no. that's not her fault so was christian slate we still brought him back for fucking the the damn film (laughs) exactly yeah yeah wow Wow. So that's 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 less additions this time round because obviously we've got a much larger established cast. It's it's almost like taking time to slowly build the cast over two (laughs) movies and not fit everything into ninety five minutes. Christ. It's a good idea. It's a good way to like structure and plan this incredibly deep Mm. and interwoven (laughs) lore. Good idea, Tim. (laughs) So I'll just I'll run through because there's there's a handful of characters because I kind of looked up to. Mortal Kombat 4 uh, slash the yeah. Sub-Zero game uh, mm-hmm. for the characters because that was what had been released or was kind of being worked on at the time. Yeah, well, like yeah. I said, um, Shinnok debuts in the Sub-Zero game and then it is in 4 as well. Yeah. Yes. Um, didn't include Kintaro because he's just Goro's fursona. Yeah. He is, yeah. yeah. Didn't include Ermac because I don't think he's... he's another ninja. Another, he's another ninja. Ermac's yeah. one of the most um, forgettable ones, if I'm honest. Yeah. Fujin, who is basically Raiden's brother and is a wind god. He's the wind god, yeah. Didn't yeah. need to be there. Meat, who is just like a skinless dude yeah. from oh, Mortal Kombat god. 4. Didn't include him. Jarek, oh. couldn't even tell you what his deal I is. I think Meat <laughs> is just a bit of a joke, isn't he? He's like yeah, a, he's, I think yeah, he's like yeah, a hidden character. Kind of and then, yeah, uh, Reiko from Mortal Kombat 4. And then Serena, Kia, and Jataka from Mortal Kombat yeah. Sub-Zero, who I just have a... No- Note le- uh, next to them on my big page of notes here that just says dull. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they, they didn't You're they didn't wrong. get included. Well, you again. I said this earlier um, when we were talking about the idea of <sighs> when you do this kind of film with this kind of huge cast. Is my favourite character going to be there? I think mm. you've harvested the best, basically. Yeah, I don't of think the, any- they were available at the time. Obviously, I don't think anyone's being like ah. Oh, no Kintaro, I'm not going to see this movie. <laughs> well, I don't know. The MK fans are a bit diehard and crazy. I was so tempted to to boot the robots, but they fit so well that A, the Black Dragon stuff, it's it's kind of frustrating that that Kano is killed off in the first film. Mm. Yeah. Because he's, he's basically Sonya Blade's su- nemesis. Surprised how quickly he went out, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. And so I wanted that angle to keep the Black Dragons in. 
because yeah. it makes sense that they're involved in that. It gives Sonya more to do. Mm-hmm. It also gives you that easy way of going like, ah, oh, Jax has robot arms now because they're fucking dealing <laughs> with robots. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, because I, I, I think generally they're weak characters, but yeah. it's okay. They're in one film, then I kill them off. Sub-Zero ices them all and shatters them into a thousand pieces. <laughs> uh, and finally, in this film, the Mortal Kombat theme will be remixed by the Chemical Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus, Tim. Excellent stuff. Nice. Great. The film opens with the caption, eight years ago. At the Lin Kuei Temple, Bihan and Kuai Liang spar using their martial arts skills and ice powers. Afterwards, Kuai talks to Bihan about his concerns with the other members of the clan, who are abandoning the old ways in favour of technology. Bihan reassures him and tells his brother that he has a plan to earn the Grandmaster's favour. Kuai leaves and the necromancer Quan Chi appears, telling Bihan it is time to strike. Bihan infiltrates the temple of the Shirai Ryu. Tim? That's from the, that's from the law. Thanks, yep. Tim. Yep. And encounters Hanzo Hasashi, one of the clan's deadliest warriors. There is a brutal fight, but Bihan emerges victorious, killing Hanzo. Okay, Tim, we'll move on. That's in the law. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Entering the temple's inner sanctum, he destroys a seal, allowing Quan Chi to appear. Quan Chi retrieves a map, looking pleased, then uses his magic to wipe out the rest of the Shirai Ryu and their families. In the nether realm, Hanzo's soul is tormented by demons until, with a cry of rage and grief, he erupts into fire. The demons are incinerated and Hanzo emerges from the flames in his new form as Scorpion. Scorpion. <laughs> Get over here! <laughs> and he's just gotta work on that. <laughs> the screen cuts to black and our logo appears. Mortal Kombat Ascension. I like it. I like the origin stuff because obviously I always went versus yeah. Ryu and, uh, yeah, and like the, I said, yeah, I I love the Sub Zero versus Scorpion origin Ninja Clan. It's the bullshit. main fucking story as far as everyone's actually concerned. <laughs> yeah, like sure, it's all Earth Realm bollocks, but like I, I want the Ninja cool Clan War, Fire versus Ice Ninjas. Yeah. They're, they're the coolest iconic characters. Mm-hmm. Nobody cosplays fucking Liu Kang. Oh, <laughs> it's just a headband and some yeah, fucking yeah. jogging bottoms. Some, some, some people do, but. Yeah, They're the, not cool, ones, the cool call. ones choose Scorpion, let's be honest. It's, it's a Scorpion Sub-Zero question of which one do you prefer, that's basically. Yeah. And then some dickhead edgy bastard says, Oh, I'm a reptile. Oh, green, I'm <laughs> reptile. Oh, I'm grey, I'm smoke. I'm like purple, I'm rain. Because <laughs> Reasons. They just ran out of ideas. No one's a Mac. No. On Earth, Liu Kang is meditating and training, but plagued with visions of his own death. Shit. Unsettled, he leaves his death. You would be unsettled, wouldn't you? Really, visions of your own death. I mean, I do we do we see what his death is, or is that spoilers, Tim? Is he just like? (gasps) I think I think it would be kind of like a mix of things and and kind of unclear at this point. Flashes of images, and you can't work out violent death. Okay, cool, cool. Like in the first one, where Luke wakes up and he's like, oh, (gasps) yeah. Like he wakes up in the snow. Now he's got his animality, right, guys? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right, guys. Yeah, he's done all one and a half of his tests. Oh god. Unsettled, he leaves his dojo and rides his motorcycle. Yeah, he does, looking so cool. <laughs> I assume he's still just shirtless with his bandana on. Just... <laughs> I mean, this is Mission Impossible 2 era, so, you know, that, that's yeah. what yeah. down for that. Yeah. Absolutely. And rides his motorcycle across town to the Special Forces HQ, which has become the Outer Worlds Investigation Agency, Shit. known as the OIA. That's Tim? from the games. That, that's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I knew, I knew. 
After the events of Mortal Kombat Fatality four years ago, Earth's governments have become aware of Outworld and Sonya Blade is heading up the efforts to understand the other realms and defend Earth. Lou discusses his visions with Johnny, who is a consultant for the OIA, <laughs> but Cage dismisses them as nerves about today's meeting. On Outworld, Kitana, Jade and another Adenian warrior, Tanya, ambush a Tarkatan patrol aided by Adenian rebels. The rebels are successful, capturing a caravan of gold the Emperor was sending to the Shokan, that's uh, Goro's people, in return for their support. As the Adenians celebrate, Jade reminds Katana that she is needed elsewhere, so Katana and Tanya ride off to a seemingly abandoned temple. In fact, it is a stronghold of the Adenian rebellion led by Sindel. Because Sindel is originally from Adenia, right? Exactly, yeah, yes. Yeah. Which I don't think they bring up in the original film at all, do they? Like they in Annihilation? Maybe bit, they touch on it? There's a bit in Mortal Kombat where Katana, when they go to Outworld, Katana's mm. like, this used to be like my home kind of thing. But that's about the only mention. So yeah, between between in the previous film and, and this one, I'd explain a little bit more about like... Yeah, better yeah. than they do in the actual films. Exactly. <laughs> Sindel mentions that the Emperor is clearly worried by the Rebellion's recent successes and is trying to claim that Katana still supports his role and that Sindel is an imposter. Sindel leads Katana down through the temple, where the Rebellion has constructed a magical portal enabling them to visit Earth. Katana bids her mother farewell before stepping through. I like the amount of temples and portals. That's like the, <laughs> the most Mortal Kombat scenery you can get. It's like, yeah, should we have this like shitty little rock on a, on yeah. a backstage <laughs> lot with some sand? No. We need temples and portals coming out the wazoo is what we need. Exactly. Yeah. Back at the OIA, Katana arrives via the considerably more high-tech portal that they have constructed. Sonia Jax and several politicians greet her as Ambassador Katana, and discussions begin over how Earth can support the Adenians. Katana informs the OIA that Shao Kahn's forces have been seen with Earth weapons, and someone from Earthrealm must be supplying them. Sonya suspects that the Black Dragons, who have gone deep underground recently, are behind the sails. Bloody Black Dragons the again. Bastards. Bastards. At Raiden's Sky Temple, the Thunder God is in deep meditation when Sub-Zero interrupts, telling him that something is wrong in the chamber of the Elder Gods. Raiden and Sub-Zero investigate and find that the statues representing the Elder Gods have shattered. Raiden is worried by this omen and begins... You, you fucking would be worried, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Ancient, unbreakable statues of the Elder Gods. Oh, they're broken. I'm worried. Hey, guys. I'm, I'm really I have worried some concerns. <laughs> and begins attempting to contact the Elder Gods when a group of wraith-like ninjas attack. Fans, you know. you know. Chemical Brothers. Raiden and Sub-Zero attempt to hold them off, but the teleporting... Yeah, they teleport. Of course, they, they do the go down and then come back up out the floor, Tim. Of course they do. Of course they bloody do. The teleporting wraiths prove too skilled. Several grapple the Thunder God before vanishing with him into the shadows, while one remaining wraith fixes Sub-Zero with a stare before hurling a bolt of tar-like darkness at him and disappearing. <laughs> On Outworld, the Emperor and Shang Tsung look over a massive map table that details where the Emperor's forces are deployed and recent strikes by the Adenian rebels. Always World War II. <laughs> a big old table yeah. with a map and a stick you push things along with. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Big like chess piece things. That are like, <laughs> Satisfying blocks. Yeah. 
The frustrated Shao Kahn demands to know why, between his armies and the Black Dragon's weapons, the Adenians are still able to resist him. As he threatens to kill Shang Tsung, and asks where the increasingly elusive Quan Chi has vanished to, a messenger arrives for Sung. Reading the note, the sorcerer tells Khan that his spies have spotted a rare opportunity to rip the heart out of the ripples. At the Adenian fortress, Tanya rearranges the runes surrounding the portal to Earthrealm, causing the magical energy to shift and change. Mm. Back on Earth, Liu Kang, Katana, Sonya and Johnny enjoy a meal together! Hey! Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> But Lou seems distant. Afterwards, at his apartment, Lou and Katana discuss his visions, and Katana explains that with his connection to the Jinsei growing stronger, his mind and senses are expanding. Meanwhile, Sonya and Johnny follow up a lead on the Black Dragon weapon smuggling operation and raid a warehouse. Fucking warehouse has got to get raided. Yep. While Johnny takes out various thugs, Sonya fights the masked leader, who is revealed to be a badly scarred cabal. <gasps> They fight to a standstill, and Cabal manages to escape. Goddamn Cabal. <laughs> Cable! I, I, I love this. You've got Sonya fighting the woman who was supposed to play Sonya thing. That's so cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At the Adenian stronghold, Sindel finds Katana stood in the temple room, her back to her mother. Sindel approaches only for this Katana to turn and reveal a hideous to Cartan Moor. Mm, so confusing sexually. <laughs> <laughs> the weirdest boners. <laughs> the katana clone rips out Sindel's throat with her powerful jaw. Oh! That's a fatality right there. Yeah. And begins slaughtering the Adenian rebels. Is that a Melina fatality? It probably is. I'm sure between one of the games it's, Absolutely. it's in there. Yeah. Flawless. It probably isn't it probably isn't big enough to be a recent fatality, but maybe like Mortal <laughs> no. Kombat 6 or something. Yeah. It was just like, oh, he set him on fire. There we go. <laughs> now it's like he sets him on fire, rips his spine out, beats him yeah. to death with his spine, and then burns the spine with more fire. It's like, oh, yeah. Okay, you've escalated, have you? Great. <laughs> <laughs> the Katana clone rips out Sindel's throat with her powerful jaw and begins slaughtering the Adenian rebels, joined by the turncoat, Tanya. On Earth, the real Katana suddenly wakes up in Lou's bedroom, aware something is horribly wrong. She and Lou race to the OIA and find that the portal is no longer working. In the Nether Realm, Raiden is brought before Quan Chi. The necromancer tells Raiden that with Outworld falling into chaos, the time is finally here to unleash his master and cleanse all the realms. Using the amulet that Kuai Liang retrieved, he drains Raiden's energy and uses it to open a stone vault, freeing the fallen elder god Shinnok. Oh yeah, Shao Kahn's dad. Yeah, we know the one. Yeah, <laughs> Raiden's dad and Shao Kahn's dad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shinnok tells Quan Chi that he has been a loyal servant and brutally kills the weakened Raiden. Oh, no Ooh. more Lambert. No more oh. Lambert. Sorry. Sorry. On Outworld and Earth, the sky is racked with green lightning as Shinnok begins to unleash his powers. See, that's when you do CGI in your sky. Yeah. yeah. When yeah. you need to do not just random purple swirls. Yeah. Do some green fucking Elder God lightning. Eldritch power. Green sky stuff. That's different to the blue portals we've been getting of recent years. And this is all, you know, 2002. Yeah. This, is, this is good. <laughs> what the blue beam into the sky that's yeah. in every sci-fi and superhero movie of the that's last It's 2002, yep. so it's all new. Yeah, yeah. In Shao Kahn's throne room, Melina and Tanya bring Jade, the last survivor of the Adenian Rebels, before the Emperor. Shao Kahn prepares to execute her. Quan Chi and Shinnok arrive, 
seeking to drain the life force from Outworld. Cursing Quan Chi's betrayal, the Emperor attempts to fight Shinnok, but even his might is no match for the Elder God. Sensing how the fight is proceeding, Shang Tsung conjures a portal to escape, and Jade manages to leap through as well, just as it closes. Jade arrives in Earthrealm as Raiden's Sky Temple. Nope. Jade arrives in Earthrealm at Raiden's Sky Temple, where she is found by Sub Zero. While on Outworld, Shinnok kills Shao Kahn and begins absorbing the life force of the entire planet. This is a big ball shit. I, I, I like this, Tim. I like your, your turn. So, we'll get into the break. Guy Pierce arrives yeah. and is like, I'm ending this. Yeah. yeah. I like you get the real big bad is unleashed and he tells the other big bad, like, go fuck yourself. It's always how do you establish someone's bad? By absolutely making it. Killing, <laughs> killing the previous antagonist. Absolutely. Yeah. Using one of Raiden's ancient artifacts, Sub-Zero and Jade transport themselves to Deacon City, where Lou, Katana, and the OIA are trying to establish what is happening on Outworld. Jade explains that, while Shao Kahn sought to conquer the other realms, Shinnok seeks to destroy them as revenge on the Elder Gods for banishing him. As the OIA searches for a way to restore the portal to Outworld, Jade and Lou comfort Katana over the death of her mother. Johnny asks how they were meant to defeat a god, and Sub-Zero explains that Shinnok was once sealed away in the Nether Realm they may be able to do it again if they can somehow force him to return there. Get in the bin, you bastard. <laughs> Get in the nether bin. Get back, well, you bastard. That's what I call the giants. Seal you up on the moon for a thousand years. <laughs> to be dug up by Optimus Prime. Yeah. <laughs> My name is Shinnok. <laughs> Sonya and Jax have an idea and follow a black dragon mercenary to the group's new hideout. They manage to capture Cabal and interrogate her, discovering that Shang Tsung created his own portal to enable them to send weapons through to Outworld. Katana, Jade and Sub-Zero volunteer to travel through and scout the area, and arrive in Shao Kahn's palace to find it devastated. Outworld's landscape is bleak and grey, drained of life, and the buildings are starting to collapse. Searching for any clue as to where Shinnok has gone, Katana and Jade encounter Melina and Tanya, who fled during the chaos. The two pairs fight, with Jade dispatching Tanya and Katana killing her vicious clone as revenge for the death of her mother. Before she dies, Tanya reveals that Shinnok plans to drain other realms like Zatera and Oshtek. That's from the law. Thanks, from the law. <laughs> I, I, I know they are. Uh, Zatera is where Reptile comes from. Yes. And Oshtek is... Uh, so it, it, we never see it as a separate realm, but it's where mm. Kotal Khan comes from. Is that with Devorah as well? Somewhere? I know they... Oh, no, maybe not. Because Kotal Khan... possibly, yeah. Yeah, I know they're born in Nintendo. Yeah. Mm. Hey, everybody, if you're following along and don't know what's going on, lore. Yeah. Zatera and Oshtek before finally turning his attention to Earth. Meanwhile, <laughs> Sub-Zero fights more of the Wraith Ninjas left behind by Quan Chi to dispatch survivors. During the fight, he notices the ninjas use a Lin Kuei stance <clears throat> and may be able to help stop Shinnok as well. Before they can stop him, he jumps from the palace walls and impales himself on icy spikes below. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what? <laughs> Katana and Jade return to Earthrealm through the portal. Back on Earth, our heroes have realised Shinnok will likely target the Jinsei Chamber, Raiden's Sky Temple, and so head there using the OIA jet. Sub-Zero wakes in the Netherrealm as demons begin to surround him. However, the pack is scared off by Scorpion, who tells him that this soul is his and his alone. Yeah. <laughs> he tells Sub-Zero that he had hoped to kill him himself, 
but will settle for tormenting him for eternity. Scorpion attacks, with Sub-Zero trying to defend himself while explaining that it was his brother, Bihan, who killed Scorpion back when he was a man. Scorpion pauses his assault, as Kuai explains his brother was killed by Liu Kang during Mortal Kombat, but Scorpion replies by saying his, not his soul but Scorpion replies by saying his soul never arrived in the Netherrealm. Kwai explains that Quan Chi has freed Chinook, and that every realm is at risk of destruction. He tells Scorpion that he came here willingly and will serve penance for his brother's deeds, as long as Scorpion agrees to pull Chinook back into the Netherrealm when the opportunity arises. How's he going to do that? Get over here! Come here! <laughs> Would you mind stepping this way, please? <laughs> Realising that Kwai is an honourable warrior, Scorpion agrees to a truce, and tells Sub-Zero that they must enter Shinnok's former prison if they are to have any hope of capturing the god. Scorpion and Sub-Zero teaming up? Yes! Fuck yes. <laughs> Another confusing boner! <laughs> <laughs> he's a sexy ninja, but he's got a skull for a face. <laughs> I like Ghost Rider, I'm into it. Yeah. <laughs> As the pair trek across the nightmarish landscape of the Netherrealm, Kwai asks why Scorpion is so determined to kill his brother. Scorpion relates the story of the theft of the map when he and Sub-Zero dueled to the death. Kwai says that he has heard the story before, but it doesn't explain the ferocity of Scorpion's hatred. Scorpion tells him that Bihan went on to slaughter the rest of the Shirai Ryu and Scorpion's own family. Kwai replies that Bihan never mentioned anything like that and while his brother was no saint, he cannot imagine him having murdered innocent bystanders. The pair arrive at Shinnok's former prison, and Kuai spies more of the Wraith ninjas he fought before. Back on Earth, the heroes arrive at Raiden's Sky Temple. As they prepare to defend the area from Shinnok, Lu finds himself drawn to the Jinsai Chamber, where he hears the echo of Raiden's voice. Kitana joins him, and the two share a tender moment as Lu remembers his mentor and all the others they have lost along the way. I'm sorry. Here's the echo of Raiden's voice. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. Hey, 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 hello. Like, thank you. <laughs> Whatever. In the Nether Realm, Scorpion and Sub Zero fight the Wraith Ninjas, working their way toward the central one, who seems to be com commanding all the others. As they fight, the lead wraith badly injures Sub-Zero and reveals himself to be the corrupted soul of Bihan, transformed by Quan Chi into an instrument of darkness. Fuck. I'm, I'm going to take a swing here and say we do not have... I'm called Noob Cyborg. How yes. are you? Is that <laughs> yeah. name is fucking stupid. Yes. Saved for video games. Yeah. And I believe within the community, no one ever calls him that. They just call him Bihan. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Noob That's not Cyborg. a canon, like, in-world name. That's a kind of... Yeah. yeah, on character selection screens. Yeah, <laughs> it's like there's a bunch of like Ermac is named after like a code with it, like a, a little command within the programming that people mm -hmm, thought mm -hmm. might refer to a hidden character. Yeah. And so, like two games later, they made him into a real character. There's there's all kinds of. Ones That's why like you don't that. pander to the fans? You just create something good. Yeah, because otherwise <laughs> you end up with a character called Noob. <laughs> noob, which is an insult now for gamers. Okay. Yeah. He gloats over his brother, telling him that he is a failure in death just like he was in life. Fucking noob. <laughs> You're a fucking noob. <laughs> he gloats over his brother, telling him he's a fucking noob. <laughs> You're the noob cyborg, not and me. He, and he's going to pwn him. <laughs> I mean, that era of gaming, yeah. 
Yeah, back back in the two thousand. That's yeah. It's just the language we used, you know. Uh, I never. Used it's not appropriate. It was a different time. Them. Yeah, it's a different time. Yep. We all said gay and we all said noob. That's how it was back just, in the two thousand. Just, just the insults we're all going around. Yep. We're all we're all criminals. At the Sky Temple, Shinnok arrives with Quan Chi and Mo- the, 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 Moses on down to the and Moses <laughs> on down to the corral. <laughs> At the Sky Temple, Shinnok arrives with Quan Chi and more of the Wraiths, and a massive fight begins. While the heroes are able to hold their own against the Wraiths and Quan Chi's spells, Shinnok proves invulnerable. Liu Kang attempts to prevent the Elder God from reaching the Jinsei chamber, but Shinnok swats him away like a fly, breaking his neck. Oh shit. Oh my god. Shit. Jesus. In the <laughs> Netherrealm, as Behan prepares to kill Sub-Zero, Scorpion throws his spear through the Wraith. Yeah, he does. Pulling the darkness of Quan Chi's enchantments from Bihan's soul. Literally does a get over here with his soul. Yep. Mm. Cool as fuck. <laughs> Liu Kang finds himself in a space of white light with Raiden, who explains that all of Liu Kang's life, all his struggles, have been leading him to this. He must stand as Earth's new divine defender, taking Raiden's place. At first, Liu is reluctant, saying that he has spent his life fighting but Raiden tells him that defending life is a, not a burden, but an honour. Lou accepts, and Raiden tells him to go kick that guy's ass. <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> that is the most Lambert oh. fucking delivery. Amazing. In the Netherrealm, as Bihan's spirit prepares to move on, he tells Scorpion that it was Quan Chi who killed the Shirai Ryu, and that while his family may be dead, they are safe in paradise. Back on Earth, with the primary Wraith dead, the others disappear, giving the heroes a window of opportunity. Johnny and Sonya attempt to slow down Shinnok, and while they are severely outmatched, Johnny once again draws on his shadow kick and manages to cause a scratch on the Elder God's face. It's like the bit with Xerxes almost. Yeah, like yeah. yeah. Then he punches yeah. him in the or dick. The, or or uh, Iron Man versus Thanos. The, yes. All, all yes. that for a drop of blood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, all right, you're going to go with a good example rather than a ropey one, that's fine. How dare you, sir. Infuriated by this cocky mortal, Shinnok turns to face him, not noticing as Liu Kang's body reanimates, glowing with divine fire. Liu Kang assaults Shinnok, finally able to equal the Elder God. After a ferocious fight, the staggered Shinnok tells Liu Kang that, even with his divine powers, he cannot kill Shinnok. Shinnok? Why did I say that? Shinnok! Shinnok! Shinnokin! And uh, Ryu steps that. through a portal. Yeah. <laughs> Hadouken! <laughs> it is this. a crossover, you <laughs> On your left, bitch! <laughs> <laughs> the staggered Shinnok tells Liu Kang that, even with his divine powers, he cannot kill Shinnok. At that moment, Scorpion and Sub-Zero appear from the Netherrealm, and Scorpion throws his spear into Shinnok. Yes! Yes! Pulling him back <laughs> into the Netherrealm prison! <laughs> I fucking nailed it. The stolen life force rushes from Shinnok's body, returning to the outworld and the other realms. Katana finishes the fight by knocking out Quan Chi, saying that the necromancer will face justice in outworld for his many schemes, and the heroes celebrate having saved the multiverse. Yeah. Nice. And then finally, in a post credit scene, Ooh. Shang Tsung, sitting in the remains of the Emperor's throne room, idly plays with the amulet that binds Shinnok in his prison and begins laughing. Oh, that's great. <laughs> nice. Because yeah. fucking Kari Hiroyuka Tagawa can yeah. do a like, fucking evil laugh like no one else. <laughs> yeah, that'd be really good. Oh, I can see that. I don't like it, Tim. I'm not with you. I'm not really... <laughs> no, that, that was a 
fantastic story. I was I was bored throughout. <laughs> <laughs> I show my boredom through like fist pumping and going yes. It's <laughs> usually what I do when I'm really bored. Yeah. That was yeah. I, I, again, that was, this was interesting epic, one is what it was. It was epic. Jack. <laughs> are you are you willing to sacrifice Lord of the Rings for this though? Oh, don't make me choose. Because like, I, I, I genuinely think this would have the weight of actually the first good video game movie in '98 being spoiling the big sequel in 2002. I wouldn't be so. And obviously, if you think about like the Matrix doing a similar thing with all their linking the Animatrix and all that sort of shared universe stuff, I oh, yeah. genuinely think this I, means we get video game films instead of say, superhero films. Yeah. Are, <laughs> are we going full multimedia madness, Tim? We are doing prequel comics and and animated tv I'm, shows spinning off of this and all i mean there'd definitely shit. be a fucking line of mcfarlane toys action figures oh like, yeah yeah fuck yeah yes <laughs> but no, i i genuinely think if you've got the early 2000s and you've got like spider-man and x-men trying to do well but off the back of this you know you would have arguably a dead or alive film a tech film like we already mm-hmm. did have but off the back of like mortal kombat would they not be good as an elevated <laughs> because this is a good film therefore yeah every, and the same with like you know X-Men's a good film, Spider-Man's a good film, we have to make good films. Eventually get there with like Iron Man, sort of. So yeah, I wonder if this is the start of something big. So you what you'd get is the superhero bubble doesn't actually happen. It's a video game bubble. Um again, this is all hypothesis, but I think I think it's I, yeah. I think this opens a lot of interesting doors because it, again, it's the whole Lord of the Rings thing. You say you've done this very seriously. You've taken this as an actual you know, keep up with the law. There's a lot going on, but it'll be fucking cool. If you don't get it, you don't get it, but it doesn't matter because it's fun. I have but one criticism, and okay. it's kind of a fucking big one. It's not your fault, but I would say, for me, it's a deal breaker. Not enough flipping. <laughs> I only saw 20 flips. No, <laughs> I cannot conceive these movies being good and grounded and credible <laughs> and awesome, even with Jackson at the helm with Christopher fucking Lambert. <laughs> he has to get recast. Oh no, leave Lambert he has alone. To. He's <laughs> too stupid. No, no, he That's has to best. go. He has to go. I can't think of who how, yet, but he has to go. How dare you, sir? How dare you? I, I can't see it going ahead with him because he's just too fucking stupid. <laughs> he's too pony. He's too stupid. I mean, I can, I can get like behind Bridget Wilson going back and, you know, mm. being more actually taken seriously in the role and things. I can see mm, the other... Yeah, even yeah. like... um. Oh, what's his fucking name? Plays uh, I thought it was name really. Um, Lyndon Ashby, for example. I could yeah. see him becoming an actual acting mm. star. He, this makes him elevates him and stuff. Mm. Talisa Soto doing some stuff there, getting her role elevated. She means she was a Bond girl at one point. I, yeah, that, mm. that's all fine. Lambert's got to go in the first. <laughs> he has to go for me, and that's for, for me personally. Poor I can't. There's so much riding on him. So I I wasn't thinking about him for Raiden, but I was knowing that I was doing Peter Jackson. There was a person yes. who I very nearly tried to cast, but I was like, if I do this, I might fuck up two universes, different, uh, franchises. Oh fuck! Just Hugo Weaving, because obviously mm. he's Lord of the Rings, but he's also Agent Smith around this time. Yeah, he but is, yeah, I actually like that a lot. So he, yeah, I I, I considered think... him for like Shinnok oh. and stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah, I, I think he'd, wa- he'd work as Shinnok. I was about to say mm. that. I think you would need to do something with. You'd have to kill off Raiden in some form. Mm. I'm Gandalf him... the White. Yeah. Exactly. And have him return as Hugo Weaving. Yeah. Like you have to have Lambert in there for like for a like a doctor like a doc- Doctor Who regeneration yeah. style. 
Oh, he falls on the floor, and when he climb, when he stands back up, it's mm. Hugo weaving and a you big could, silly wig. Like. You could fit that in when when Shao Kahn first arrives on Earth, and I have Kung Lao and and uh, fuck, what's his name? Kai. Kai get killed off. Um, I would, could... yeah. I again, it sounds like a, I'm really petty, and I am, but I'm like. Nah, it's a deal breaker for me. It's a deal breaker for me, words from like because again, I can see that I can buy everything in it. I'm like, this could be so fucking cool. I can see it in my head. I've seen the, obviously the cut scenes from the video games, uh, the later one, the later ones. Obviously, it's, you know the whole OIA kind of um, uh, classic warehouses and and like, you know step, this whole mesh of things outside portals and things and like that's so fun. I can see that working really well. I can see it mm. being formed, and then fucking Lambert in his pajamas and that fucking white wig hello no <laughs> I can't do it I can't give him I, I, I mean mm. even when he turns up in like Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance as a bald monk with like holy shit Lambert he's like hello yes when it's like oh no 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 so for me personally I would love that I, I would say yeah slap in a thing where he dies and comes back mm. immediately as uh like oh we, oh my god he's dead Raiden's dead and it comes back in a bolt of lightning like who's this new Raiden I'm Raiden <laughs> yeah that'd be cool I, I, I will accept that I, I'm not going to give him the James Remar makeover where he's no, suddenly got no, 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 a no, shaved no. head and no. a vest he looks the same it's just he's not Although, Mr. Lambert <laughs> at a certain point in this film uh, in the first film as in Mortal Kombat Fatality not the your, your first film my first film, film I'm changing Katana's costume not so it's close to the video game because those were all ridiculous ones. Yeah, yeah. But so that the color is more blue. vibrant blue. Yes, yeah. yes. And she is so more you identifiable. Have, you can have the Melina purple, I suppose. Yes, exactly. rather than just black, exactly. basically. Yeah, yeah nice. that makes sense. But outside of that, Tim, I think it's fantastic. I think it's great. Um, I, no notes. I, I, I don't know if you could tell by my fist pumping. Around, <laughs> uh, I re- I really enjoyed it. Like mm. I said, the the fact that you brought the the to use the word legacy again, but the legacy of the whole ninja clan, the mm. Lin Kuei, then feeding through to, you know, the brother the two sub zero brothers having to come face to face with Scorpion and in two different ways and having Bihan, Noob Cybot mm. be in there as well and have that all tied together. I I love that I kind of joked about Scorpion doing the spear and, and yeah. dragging <laughs> dragging him back. I was like that's exactly what he's doing because he's a fucking demon from hell now, so mm-hmm. he can do that. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, he's he's this weird because like in the first one, Johnny kills him. Yeah, but can you kill a well, demon from yeah, hell? Yeah, like, I, I kind of it's he it's just, just bursts like... into flames. He's born of fire and all this kind of stuff. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's not as clear yeah. as it could be. Yeah, I, there's I, no I... explanation of who the fuck he is in the first. One. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, quite, yeah, yeah, fire demon ninja. You get, you, know, the you one. get a name, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Scorpion. Which again, if you've played the games without any sort of story or lore stuff, and you're just like, oh, here's a character select screen. He's this yeah. ninja. That's all you need to know. Problem solved. Hey, so he's, he's, the, yeah. he's the orange, yellow ninja. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Color swap all the other ones. That man is a bee. No, he's not. Yeah. I, I will peek behind the curtains here. Uh, last night, Tim sent us a message and it ended with the phrase, I think this pitch might be some of my best work yet. Tim, I agree. Um, I, I think, agree as well. I think everyone has the moment where you're like, this is a thing you think, oh, I, I wonder what I would um, do with this and so on and so forth. And I, yeah, I, uh, it's, it's good. It's really fucking good. Mm. Um, I got a little bit more. So the, the, the kind of the fatality. A little bit more, here's a fourth film. <laughs> fatality kind of sticks pretty reasonably close to what happens in Mortal Kombat 3. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I got a little bit wacky. Obviously, Mortal Kombat 4 
is is all about Shinnok's invasion and 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 that kind of stuff. But I kind of played a little bit more flexible with the law there. Uh, I think it all meshed together pretty well. So I think so. I think so. I think I think. By the way, if alternate pitch where we're sitting there going, yeah, no, Tim, that was really good. I th- um. It was good. I don't think bringing in the Street Fighter characters worked, however. I, th- you know, mm. we're not in that universe. We're like, no, double down. This is a fucking Mortal Kombat thing. We're addressing everything. We're giving people what they want in terms of like the video game fans for characters and things. You've got not only the like, like classic early 90s, 95. We're in 2002 territory here. There's a lot more hardcore fan base for the, for the games mm. as well as what this film would go on <laughs> to be. So I think, yeah, I think it's, I think it's Ho- really solid. Hopefully, because the Mortal Kombat... F- Four is kind of as much as it's where the plot of the games gets really interesting. It's also where they shift over to try to. I think that's where PS two, uh, PS one era comes in, and the games kind of go downhill basically until you get round to Mortal Kombat nine. Yeah. Um. Again, yeah. and like, there's no good in characters introduced in in five through. I mean, you get the eight. shit like. The, the the beat-em-up thing that is Shaolin monks and stuff like that yes that, as we yeah. said is not a fighting game but a mm. you scroll along the, the yeah. screen and and fight off like yeah uh, yes. random ninjas and stuff which yeah. is not exciting that, apart, that was apart PS2 from, as well apart from kenshi he is the one good character introduced <laughs> in that in that oh yeah games. blind ass kenshi yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um zatoichi basically yes <laughs> so ho- hopefully this would also lead to Slightly better Mortal Kombat games. Yeah, uh, hopefully, in, hopefully. In the meantime, there's uh, the butterfly effect. Yeah, because exactly. if you think like in ten with like as they introduced like Kotal Khan and Devor and uh, Jackie Briggs and stuff like that, you mm. you need that distance for obviously the legacy stuff and obviously Cassie Cage. Just Cassie like. Cage, yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Who's basically like the main character mm. at this point. Yeah, no, I like it. I think it's a really good season finale. I think it's a really good fix. Great send off. Hopefully for Mike. I, I can't imagine a more yeah, I, Mike would not be in any way other than elated by this. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I look forward to hearing Mike's thoughts. Mm. Um, and you know, definitely, I really hope he's not a Kintaro fan. <laughs> <laughs> Found out who's so who's your uh, Mortal Kombat main, Mike? You're like, ah, oh, I don't know. It's just, um, I, just, I love meat. <laughs> I really love. I really love meat and Kintaro. They're I mean, my yeah. two favorites. He likes Kano, and Kano's already dead. So we're going to do that. That yeah, is that's yeah. the problem. Yeah, yeah. that, that should... is the, the the like. If I could go back and change one thing about. If I if I only had like the option to change one thing in the Mortal Kombat films, yes. like, don't kill Kano because then Sonya has nothing to do for That's the others. That's the problem. You, have, uh, you but... don't ask for help. It's like because I don't need any help. I killed the guy who I was trying yeah. to kill. <laughs> problem solved. Halfway through the film. Yeah. Shit. End of the season. Yeah. Wow. One of the longest Fun. episodes. Yeah, yeah. It will be one of the longest episodes ever. Yep. An an epic end, Tim. Mm. Well done, mm. well done. I really, honestly, I'm I'm like racking my brains trying to think of criticisms or like possible ways to improve it. Or whatever. Every time I think of something, there's just two words that keep going back to me. It's Peter Jackson, and I'm like, oh yeah, shit. yeah. Seriously, <laughs> my, my main thought was like, how do you differentiate? Like, how do you make sure you know who you are? Because one thing I noticed, like as we were reading it. Mm. Every other paragraph starts with There's in a lot realm, of in hop- Outworld. Yeah, hopping in, between in, in realms. Raiden Sky Temple, in Outworld, mm-hmm. back in Outworld, meanwhile on Earth, mm-hmm. blah, 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 and you're really like hopping and bouncing back and forth and back and forth. I thought, you've really got to make the distinction like visually about how where you are, unless you do like the typical little <laughs> yeah, no, I think location we'd... tags, but you're you're changing them so much, I think that would just 
kind of clutter up the screen a bit. Yeah. Unless you do like an Avengers star big massive Earth <laughs> realm, like twenty years before it was popular. But I think you if you're able to make that them visually distinctive, you can really bring some interesting mm. style and uniqueness to each of them. Then I think I was like, How the hell are you Oh yeah, Peter Jackson yeah. made three of like the best looking, most distinctive <laughs> Mordor looks completely different from Gondor. Yeah. And Gondor looks different from Hobbiton and all this kind of mm. stuff. And it's even, that even exact like kind of thing. The uh, Rohan and Gondor feel different. They're having two Earth, well, human exactly. realms, yeah. as it were. They yeah. feel like they're very distinctly different. <laughs> two Earth realms. Earth realms. <laughs> Fucking Mortal Kombat. Um, yeah, so I, I, again, it's one of those ones we keep coming back to it. We do this in various pitches. We'll be like, not sure about this. And he's like, this is the director. Yeah, yeah. fine. Like, I get it. Thing. I get it. Yeah. yeah. I can't, yeah. There was a pitch fairly recently. We said that. And it was like, are they going to be able to do that? And I was like, oh yeah, that's the director. Yeah, mm. they'll they'll do yeah. that. Yeah. I think it was a uh, possibly Brian De Palma on your oh, Chinatown. Yeah, Chinatown, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. The, the Chinatown sequel. Yeah, yeah. sometimes yeah. we change a director, it changes it, and it it shifts the landscape again. It's a bold shift because you have. We either say, well, we'll sneak it in there. Um, I, I'm bringing in like Lenny Abrahamson and it will, it will either push back or remove this film for him but it's not going to be missed that much it's like mm. you're kind of possibly changing cinematic history for 20 years Yeah. which it, it, again as I've said before from our perspective here in 2021 it's mm. like that's a big ass Tim that's big mm. but if you'd approach Peter Jackson in the late 90s there's no reason to say he wouldn't just say yeah of course I will and mm. Lord of the Rings would I cross mean, his mind for 10 years later you look at his career and like Lord of the Rings is such a leap from what he was doing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, where he yeah. ended up, like in some ways, knowing his this stuff like sense. <laughs> Brain Dead and Meet the Feebles, it I makes mean, more that, sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Bringing on the gore and the practical effects. And yeah. Stuff mm-hmm. and, yeah, you know, yeah. I'd be I'd be interested to see how he would do the like the martial arts fights. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like I said, I can imagine the big battles when you had the the cyborgs, ninjas, and all of the, the the big kind of stuff. We've obviously seen that. We've seen him have really good like sword play and like kind of like you know Aragorn versus mm. the Uruk High battles mm. and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But hand to hand proper kung fu stuff. Mm. I'm assuming Robin Shaw would still be involved, like choreographing yeah. and coordinating and stuff, because mm. he does great. I think he does mm. a great job in the first film. Yeah. So he that and it's not like having the turnaround is like you know it's it's 95 to 98. There's time yeah. for them to workshop it properly to make it look good. You've also got Donnie Yen, Michelle yeah, Yen, like yeah. giants of fucking Hong Kong cinema just mm. hanging out, being like, yeah, we're some of the best martial artists on screen yeah. like, ever, arguably. So we've got it covered, don't worry. Yeah. Like- <laughs> and Jack- Jackson's editing tends to be, he- he's not like a lots of rapid cuts guy. And so that... Yeah, we're, you know, we're not in the era of the cut with every punch, like Bourne style. Get in there before Bourne identity and everything. I'm I'm imagining these some amazing wide shots. I imagine like the the Sub-Zero Scorpion noob cyborg eventually Mm. kind of thing the the battle in the nether realm being this big like wide shot of all this Mm. fire and brimstone and stuff and the two of them just fighting battle and Mm. the same with the temple like the flashback at the beginning, like yes. mirroring that fight with a similar shot yeah. in like a snowy temple and then reflecting that now it's a fiery fucking mountain in hell, mm. like mm. just battling each other and stuff. It's just, yeah. Every time I think like, how are you going to do that? It's Peter fucking Jackson. That's how yeah. you do that. <laughs> yeah. It's Peter Jackson at the right time. It's yes. not, oh, yeah. give it to Peter Jackson not now. not the Hobbit mm. yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're like, yeah, we're doing it in a 2018 where the mm-hmm. post-Hobbit to Peter Jackson. Like, nope, I'm good, thanks. No, you're fucking not. <laughs> You yeah. get big wobbly CGI jowls for some reason. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh God, we, we'll we'll get to those folks. Don't worry. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that is, and that was season seven. Yeah. Well done, Tim. Thank you, Mike. We we hope you enjoy the pitch. Thank you so much for your support over the year, months, however long it's been of your supporting us on the uh, the highest tier. As some of you may already know, may already guessed, Mike is uh, no longer at the being able to pick a movie tier. He is he's got his wish of Mortal Kombat and is stepping <laughs> down. So we will have a new highest tier executive producer, maybe one of the ones we've already talked about. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Mm-hmm. Picking a film for the next season, and here's a little sneaky teaser for the next season. I've already started working on some pitches. Yeah, I've already got I've already got some ideas, and I had that moment of like, what? Who the fuck is going to direct this film? And then I had that. I yes, had the Peter. I, love that. I had the it's Peter Jackson moment. <laughs> it's like, yes, that is the person for my pitch. So there's a little tease for season eight. But even before we get to season eight and all that kind of stuff. We've got some interseason content. We're still doing weekly episodes. We're not going anywhere. We just need some time to write some pitches and, yeah. and edit some episodes, you know? So watch some terrible movies. And yeah, watch some yeah, well. I've already watched three of the terrible movies uh, <laughs> for for the season. So I'm I'm getting started already. I'm I'm prepared. Mm. Yeah, I'm getting started early and I'm excited. But I'm also excited for next week's episode the first i i love the in-season stuff <laughs> it's, al- it's always fun it's it's silly it's it's a more general kind of uh film chat general general topics and film yeah. chat and all that kind of stuff we go off the sequels and uh talk more about films we like films we don't like genres of films particular directors particular actors are some of our favorite people some of our least favorite people all that kind of stuff it's a way broader kind of discussion so over the next few weeks you're gonna have a lot of interseason content the exclusive patreon episodes will be back for the interseason once again so if you're supporting us on the 10 pound tier or more you get bonus exclusive episodes some of them are follow-ups to previous exclusive episodes <laughs> you're welcome and uh if you've listened to the previous interseason stuff between six and seven there's some follow-ups from that as well so uh <laughs> both patrons and non-patrons you've got a lot to look forward to coming up in the interseason stuff and then We'll be back with season eight later on in the year as well. We should also say if if you're at the right level on Patreon, uh, we will be having soon after this episode goes up the vote for uh, the Patreon supporter pick uh, for season eight. So keep your eyes peeled for that. And uh, everyone on the five pound tier or higher, you will get the little uh, poll through Patreon very very soon after mm. this episode goes live. So keep your eyes peeled. It's a good no one. Idea. It's a good one. It's a good one. I'm ex- I'm already ex- it's weird. I'm so I feel like I'm so hyped from the Mortal Kombat energy. I'm excited <laughs> for the next season already. I'm just like, yeah, I'm ready to go. Yeah, Jack, you don't you don't want to transform into a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. I'll mm. just do my weird stretchy face. <laughs> oh, I'm Brian Thompson transformation. <laughs> I'll unleash my animality. You know? Um, if you want to talk Mortal Kombat with us, if you want to give us some feedback on the show, if you want to ask some general questions because we might have some listener feedback coming back as well, you never know. <laughs> you can hit us up, sequelizers at gmail.com all the social medias, we are sequelizers. You can find all the links, all the email stuff, all the Discord links, all the podcast service links, links to our shop, links to our Patreon all at sequelizers.com 
You can contact me directly. I am JLW Chambers on basically everything on social media. Matt, how can they contact you? Stogs, S-T-O-G-H-Z. You can also go to the Red Right Hand at Code UK to read the reviews of the films that I review. You can go to Cheeseman.com to see the films and things that I make. Uh, Tim! Get over here. <laughs> <laughs> but don't, because it's COVID. But more importantly, Tim, if people had to scour various realms to find you, where could they find you? Uh, they can they can find me in the, the hell realm that is Twitter, right. uh, at trivia underscore lad, where I will be chatting about any anything interesting that I'm doing. If you need any advice on MK Law, listeners, yes, any, any yeah, questions I'm now about a MK virtual law? repository of yeah. you know, <laughs> possibly suppository of, uh, <laughs> of combat law. Tim is either going to be buried with this stuff like a fucking uh, pharaoh in a tomb, or he's going to be like, we'll ask him about it in like two weeks' time. We go, I fucking put it on my mind, mate. It's gone. Yeah. It's all gone. <laughs> all gone. All now it's locked in there now, like all the fucking Games Workshop lore I can still. <laughs> yes. Brilliant. Oh my God. That's a crossover. Love Mortal it. Kombat Games Workshop. Oh. Mortal Kombat 40K. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> some Ultramarines. There, there's, in there. si- there's similar vibes of like, was this universe created by a 15 year old boy? Yeah. yeah, it probably was. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> on that note, Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for all your support and all your listening throughout the season. We'll see you next week for some interseason goodness. I'll see you then. Matthew. Jacked. <laughs>